0: Have you ever wondered where Jehovah's Witnesses come from? Vibarium has the answer. I don't want to see an ordinary film. I want to see something extraordinary. Your sacrifice completes my sanctuary of 1,000 testicles. You ever feel as if your mind had started to erode? What? Let's rock indeed! Welcome to 1000 Wives of Weird, a podcast that is a celebration of everything weird, mostly movies. Mm -hmm. I'm Brad Hefner, and with me, as always, is... Billy Martell. And this week, we are talking about a movie that I really enjoyed on the first watch, and cooled significantly on... (laughs) On the second... Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a little movie called Vivarium. Vivarium. Now, this came out in 2020, didn't it? Letterbox lists it as 2019. Okay. So that might be when it premiered at a festival or something. Sure. I think it was released in 2020 on Prime. Gotcha. All,
1: all I know is that I first was made aware of it when Red Letter Media reviewed it in as part of their 2020 catch-up video. Oh, did they? Yes. Uh, did they enjoy it? Uh, they seem to have mixed responses to it. Well... Which That's is a very be mixed very movie, yeah. similar to what we're going to be doing today.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, very briefly, mm-hmm. we like to we believe that you should know as little going into a movie as you can. So we'll just very briefly sum up the plot. Vivarium stars Imogene Poots and mm-hmm. Jesse Eisenberg, mm-hmm. a couple who are looking for a house, and they are lured into this development called Yonder, and they cannot escape. And things go from there, right? And we also like to tell you whether this movie is worth watching or not, uh, if you, in case you don't want to be spoiled as we go into the plot. Mm-hmm. So, Billy, would you recommend Vivarium? <sighs> okay. So I, oh, no, I don't. Okay, think, I don't think
1: I would. But it's it's I I, I want to be clear that it's not. This isn't an offensive movie. No. This isn't going to ruin your day. It kind of made me mad, (laughs) but like I have different buttons that get pushed when I watch movies, and I feel like most other people do. And for me, what pushed my buttons was that I felt like the movie thought it was way smarter than it actually was. Yes. And the pretentiousness of the film my perceived pretentiousness in the film annoyed me greatly. That being said, I don't think it would hurt you to watch it. I just don't think it will add anything to your life. So I would argue, go back and watch any episode of the twilight zone.
0: This is essentially three episodes of the twilight zone Mm -hmm. sort of remixed together. Yes. And maybe a fourth one for the ending, Uh, but it's sure. Maybe uh,
1: it's mostly just, it's mostly just, an. uh, I would argue it's actually just a single episode of the Twilight Zone, like not even from the forty minute seasons, like from the twenty minute seasons, and then they just like keep stretching it out, stretching it out until it's almost three hours long. And I'm just sitting there being and then This the, is only an hour and a half movie. Is it? It yes. felt like three. And then <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the movie some interesting things start happening. Not going to spoil anything yet, obviously, but some interesting things started happening at the end, but by that I so didn't care. Gotcha. I I didn't enjoy this movie. Okay. Although I will say the actors killed it.
0: Okay. If I had to say something nice, the actors were fantastic. I would recommend it. It's not a strong recommendation. Sure. This is definitely a single watch movie. (laughs) And again, clearly, since you cooled on it on the second viewing. And again, whenever I have to watch a movie and take story notes, it's the worst watch of <laughs> of any movie. Like we were originally going yeah. to talk about a movie that I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you play in hell? Right. I, aside from it being very complex and me having very little time, I just I could feel like this is frustrating to have to take notes about. Like I love this movie, <laughs> but this is
1: pissing me off. There are a lot of characters in that movie.
0: Uh, so and this movie only has two characters. There well, are three kind of. Yeah. There's four. We can't exclude Martin. We the can't. best part of the movie.
1: <laughs> or five, the the lady at the preschool earlier. A very important character. Or all the kids at the beginning.
0: Yes. All we'll right. get into it. There are a lot of characters in this movie, goddamn. <laughs> but this movie has If this movie were an hour long, it would mm-hmm. be perfect. I agree. If it were chopped down to an hour, it's a shame we can't just have hour long movies back in old Hollywood days we used to (laughs) charge a little bit less of a ticket price sure Um,
1: maybe have another hour long movie in front of it or like a a half hour short or a half hour short sure Um, yeah something maybe a newsreel everyone get dressed up to the nines whenever you go to the movies find out what the nazis are doing (laughs) What we're saying is, why can't America be like it was in the 30s, where people like us were fine and, and nothing else was going on? Aside from the Dust Bowl. Aside from the Dust Bowl. And the Great Depression. And the Great Depression. And all the racism. And, and all the Dillinger's sexism, crime
0: wave. And Dillinger's crime... <laughs> Never mind. I don't remember what my point was. But anyway, there are there's interesting imagery in Vivarium. There's some very cool concepts... Sure. They're just stretched out too far. Like There's a lot of weird, creepy things in here. Right. And I, I appreciate a lot of the production design, a lot of the ideas.
1: Oh, the production design is awesome.
0: It's just... it's it's a, The big complaint that I've seen is that this movie is repetitive. Sure. Which is part of the point. And yes. we'll discuss it. When you're trapped in a single location, that's
1: going to be a thing.
0: My problem is sort of your problem in that this is a movie that is incredibly unsubtle yes. about what it is about it is about yes it's commentary on suburbia commentary on parenthood it will obviously get into it but it's it's very very obvious and yeah. on my first watch i was just soaking in the visuals soaking in the situation more than like looking at like i was just vibing with it that first time sure and this time like actually critically looking at it i'm like Yes, there are a lot of problems.
1: So maybe the problem was is that I already knew what the sort of shape of the movie was, having seen a video where people were talking about it previously, possibly, and maybe that part of the experience was stolen from me. Gotcha. Maybe
0: all I knew about this movie was people didn't think very highly of it because it I has think, a yeah, lowish that. rating. Yeah, and it's sort of backroomsy, if you know what I mean. No, um, what does that mean? the back rooms are like an internet thing where it's like creepy liminal spaces. Like uh, if you're ever in a school at night, mm. uh, like that sort of like sort of uncanny valley. Sure, but, sure, sure. But sure. with physical location.
1: Gotcha. And this is actually a thing with this director. One of his other movies. I was looking up his his history. He hasn't made too many features. No. But one of his only other features, the plot logline on IMDb reads something like. Uh, a land surveyor has to measure a piece of land, but no, the more he measures it, like the more of it there is, and he can't quite Interesting. finish the job. So this guy appears to have a thing for just scary locations.
0: Great! Yeah. I want more scary location movies.
1: <laughs> sure, it's uh, it's it's an underutilized concept in modern horror cinema, and that's so, what I sure. liked
0: about this is, is it's pretty novel. Like not. <sighs> All the ideas have been done mm-hmm. by other people, but yeah. A 2019, 2020 movie. I haven't seen something like this in a while. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate it for what it is. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're going to start walking through the movie, going with going through it bit by bit and giving our observations and such. Sure. Oh, uh, it's uh, directed by Lorcan Finnegan. <laughs> yes, Irish
1: folk hero Lorcan Finnegan.
0: Yep. Yes. Oh, I I love the Clancy Brothers song Lorkin Finnegan." <laughs> it's the best one. It's the best one. Now you cannot deny that this movie starts out wonderfully with this uh, beautifully disturbing footage of the baby cuckoo.
1: Okay. Yes that that did that did upset me. Yes. <laughs> and, and it
0: was intended to upset. So they did their job. And again, establishing very early the
1: unsubtle themes that were going to be. <laughs> Yes, very much so. Also, I want to point out that the film is produced by Saban Films. The Power Uh, Rangers people. The Power Rangers. So I wrote down in my notes, this means that either the Power Rangers or the Digi-Destined will will be making an appearance by the end of the film.
0: Were you angry Mm -hmm. that Imogene Poots did not play Rita Repulsa in this? (laughs) Uh, I... The general shape of the plot was a little
1: bit more Digimon than it was Power Rangers. Okay. So I was more upset that not, neither of them got a little digi, Digivice and and that the villain was never revealed to be the D-Reaper. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about Digimon. I know. There are people who will understand what I said. Well, no one listens to this. <laughs> Please listen to this so someone will understand what I'm saying. I all, don't want to be alone. All you
0: Digimon addicts, uh, subscribe to our podcast <laughs> where this is the first time we mentioned Digimon. <laughs>
1: This is going to be an all Digimon-related podcast from here on out. Yes. No matter what movie we're talking about. Citizen Kane, it's about Digimon now.
0: I, I'm i just bitter because I had a... A lot of people view Digimon as a rival to Pokemon. Right. Even though they're very different. Sure. I had a rival to Digimon. Uh-huh. Uh, analog Monsters. Anomon. <laughs> Anal Analmon. anal mon, <laughs> anal Yeah, uh, right. analog monsters. It was like a turntable. Sure, a, sure. A cassette player. Yeah, um,
1: I remember that. wasn't there Wasn't there like a a uh, like a misprint that that went out when it was it was it was just called anal munchers?
0: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I a cat walked across a keyboard. Of course, yeah. As I was sending uh, the story, the show bible <laughs> to somebody. And I didn't want to look like an asshole and be like, oh, I'm sorry, it's not anal munchers. Especially since the guy came yeah. back with such positive feedback. Yeah, on he was name. like, this is bold. This is. <laughs> See, I was too early before the eating ass meme caught on. Exactly. Because exactly. I launched this right after 9 11. I was like, the world <laughs> needs joy.
1: Yeah, you were a little late to the party, I
0: think. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I was also a child at the time, so <laughs> I had to gather capital. Of course, of course. But uh, we see the baby cuckoo knocking an egg out of the nest. Blammo! Blammo. And then a baby bird. Kapow! <laughs> and the the, the the sound effects appear on screen, like yes. in the Batman series. Uh, and because it's a baby bird, it's gross and alien looking. Yes. It looks like uh, the little chickens in a racer head just killing other baby birds. Baby birds can be pretty fucking gross, especially uh, the, the closer you look at them. Yes,
1: they're awful. And you are awfully close in HD to these baby birds. And this
0: cuckoo grows huge, eventually mm-hmm. almost being able to swallow the the host parent. Yes. Uh, I love this opening so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so fucking upsetting. Sure. And gross. And yeah. And it's nature, and it happens. Birds are terrible. Can you name one good bird? Uh, there, um, uh,
1: Nuggets, Nuggets, the TikTok star. Her name is Nuggets, and she's a
0: big fat chicken. Okay. Yeah.
1: She's well, she's pretty sweet.
0: I'm sure she'll get milkshake ducked pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we see Imogene Poots yes. as Gemma with a G. Mm-hmm. Uh, Imogene Poots was in Green Room, and 28 weeks later, Gemma is a terrible teacher. Oh, what she what you do? That was terrible. Uh, she just plays that idiot game where oh, they pretend to be. It's a fun game. She's what playing the fuck with are they kids. supposed to be learning? Like
1: she's teaching them
0: motor skills. She's teaching them to use their imagination. This dumbass <laughs> has these kids pretend to be trees, and then she's like, "Oh, the wind's blowing." Yeah, there's no wind blowing. They're inside. <laughs> <laughs> but she's playing. Yeah, she's, she's lying playing. to them. She, <laughs> She's playing this a fun game with, with the kids. This is the problem with public schools. And oh granted, this takes place in the UK, uh, but it's meant for America, you can tell. <laughs> well, as her, all things are.
1: Her uh, th- her boyfriend is American, as we discover. Yes. Which is sex symbol
0: Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> but, but school's out, like Alice Cooper. School's out like Alice Cooper. We've established that Gemma's a dogshit teacher, and we move <laughs> on. <laughs> no. She's great. We <laughs> we just need this scene of her being terrible, and then we move on. Outside, Gemma is accosted by an exposition woman who helps Acumen. us learn. Who helps us learn that Gemma is trying to find a house. Yes, her only purpose. She comes up, and as you do, you're just like, "Hey, how's the house hunting going?" Right. Bye. Yeah. yeah. No. It, it
1: honestly felt. Like it gave me a couple of flashbacks to the opening of uh,
0: fucking uh, cyber seduction, cyber seduction, and secret <laughs> life. <laughs> Oh, I love obvious exposition characters. Who just, oh, it's great. Uh, a dumb child is staring at a dead baby bird. <laughs> You're on fire today. <laughs> maybe maybe one from the beginning. Probably. Uh, there's a brief exchange where Gemma says it might be a cuckoo who needed a nest because that's just the way nature works. Right. And again, establishing this theme of like mm-hmm. there are creatures that will do shitty things because that's just how they operate. Right. And uh, and uh, she
1: says, uh, "Nature." The little girl says, "That nature is horrible." And she says, "It's only horrible sometimes." Yes. And the weight, the 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 editing and 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 cinematography gave that line. I was like, "That's gonna come back somehow." It never did, but like they gave that some very heavy weight in the in the film. No, the, the
0: point of the movie is that nature is horrible all the time. Apparently. Um, yeah. So apparently this entire time Gemma was talking to this girl, yes. Fucking Jesse Eisenberg was just up in the tree <laughs> watching and listening like a creep, <coughs> waiting for the girl to leave. Then he be- pretends to be the tree is yes. <clears throat> imitating the wind just like Gemma did earlier, which yes. means either Jesse Bird Jesse Jesse Bird. He was in Rio, right? He did the voice of Rio? No, Rio the voice of Rio was Johnny Depp. That was Rango.
1: Oh my god, what am I thinking of? Well, You're thinking of Rango.
0: What's what's Rio then? Rio's the Bird
1: movie. Oh, I didn't I don't know anything about okay. that movie.
0: I'm going to assume that yes. <laughs> okay, sure. Jesse Bird. Uh so either Jesse Eisenberg sat in on the class, mm-hmm. maybe he was auditing it. Sure. <laughs> Or he just likes to hide places and was Mm -hmm. up in the drop ceiling, like, just up there like he was up in the tree. (laughs) Or, or because she's so bad at teaching, Mm -hmm. maybe Gemma was, uh, practicing this, like, going over a lesson plan at home, like, I gotta nail this tree thing. I gotta nail the tree game. I'm good up until the wind part. (laughs) It's hard because I'm inside and there is no wind. I've never been under this much pressure.
1: Uh... I will say one thing, I, in, in reviews that I saw, and, and also in Red Letter Media, they said that they thought Jesse Eisenberg was miscast in this movie. I agree. You agree? Yes. Okay, I thought he did a fine job. I think that I wouldn't have thought of him for the part, like, you think Jesse Eisenberg, you think awkward genius. You yes. Don't, you don't think handyman who works on trees and shit. No, absolutely not. Uh, And you also don't think... I'm sorry, Jesse Eisenberg, likable, but uh, well, he's not likable in this he's, movie. He's not supposed to be. The character is supposed to be uh, is supposed to be very morally gray. I thought that he did a pretty good job with the material that he had. I don't know that I would have cast him in it either, but I thought he did a pretty good job. And yeah, he, I, I felt like people were kind of dismissing him a little bit.
0: Passable, like yeah. he's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not part of what makes the movie not work. No, it's just.
1: <sighs> I will say an, another. And another reason why he's in the movie is not necessarily because they had faith in him, but
0: because he and Imogen Poots are executive producers.
1: Oh, okay. So, that's probably...
0: Well, so. I have a feeling that was more of a thing where it's like, hey, Jesse Eisenberg, do our small movie, we'll give you an EP credit.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that might... be that. I think that get getting these two actors was how the movie was made. Gotcha. Because, again, this director does not have a lot of feature credits to his
0: name. And they had also done a movie together right before this, I believe, called The Art of Self-Defense.
1: Oh, so maybe they maybe they met up with this guy during that and they were like, let's maybe. work on a project together. Maybe he
0: accosted them on the back lot. Like, <laughs> you guys want an EP credit? That's he what Irish people sound is the like. Guy-
1: is the guy from, he's, he's actually the guy, that the movie Reality is based on this guy. <laughs> he just followed them around being like, he used to be an actor before he went on that rat costume, right?
0: Let's come on, let's make movies together. Jesse Eisenberg, who is called Tom, and I will go back and forth calling him Jesse Eisenberg and Tom.
1: Same, same. Imogen's name is Gemma. Gemma, yes, which I Which I'm,
0: I'm going to, oh, okay. I, I'm going to be going back and forth between that as well. Uh, he buries the baby birds and... I don't know if it's offensive gibberish that he spouts, but it feels offensive. Like it feels like
1: Yeah, you get the scene is 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 tonally confused because on the one hand one on the one hand it seems to be like trying to communicate this idea that uh even though nature can be horrible, we as humans ascribe meaning through ritual. Yeah. The idea of burying a dead hmm. body is a ritualistic, it's an unnecessary ritualistic act that we do To provide meaning and sanity to our world. As opposed... But then they start mocking the ritual as they're doing it by singing the song. So I don't know if that's an intentional inversion of what they're doing. I
0: think you're reading way too much into it. I think... The movie wants me to. (laughs) I don't know that it does for this part. I think it's just like, oh, dead baby birds, we need to establish the cuckoo theme, we need to establish the nature theme. What do you do with dead things? You bury them. We need to establish that Tom's sort of an asshole, so he's going to make fun of it. Why does it? But if Tom is an asshole, why doesn't he just pick up the dead bird and throw it in a bin, and then we have images? Because say, you
1: bury dead things, and then have Gemma say, "Oh, Tom, you should have buried it." And he's like, "Ah, it's just a piece of
0: trash." Ah, hey, shit's fucking dead baby bird. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 exactly how, that's a good Jesse Eisenberg. I know. <laughs> I've seen The Social Network eighty-five times. <laughs> it's my favorite movie. I love how sterile and boring it is. <laughs> I remember from our Oscars episode, David
1: Fincher is your favorite filmmaker. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> it's insane that the man who made Fight Club yeah. now just makes the most sterile like movies like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then they go to a house-selling place, like a realty office, mm-hmm. uh, the office for development. Some great imagery and shot composition. Again, there's yes. some nice... This director is not completely incompetent.
1: No, no.
0: We see the seller from the back seated in identical model houses flanking him. Yes. This is Martin. Martin is the best. Martin is the best part of this movie. He's like the no cousin. Coos- He's like the cousin of the luggage salesman from Joe vs. the Volcano. He's
1: like the bizarro
0: version of the luggage man. Like okay. the, whereas the
1: luggage man, they both they're very similar energy. But the whereas the luggage man, there's just sort of like this. This is the the. He's mis- a force for good. He's a force for good. Martin is unquestionably a force of evil. Yes, he's- and the most unbelievable part of this movie comes when he says hi to them, and they don't immediately turn around and run the fuck away. Yes, as any normal human would. Also, Martin is played by uh, Jonathan Aris. Who most people would probably know as the uh, douchebag from Sherlock? Oh, okay. not the main douchebag played by Benedict Cumberbatch. The uh, other douchebag,
0: the one of the Lestrade lackeys.
1: One of the Lestrade lackeys. Well, yes.
0: I—he's fucking fantastic. He's so good. He's absolutely, literally MVP. the best part of the movie. MVP of the movie. Uh, Martin is creepy and unnatural and amazing. Mm-hmm. He gives his sales pitch. And even though Tom isn't on board, and Gemma is like verbally, we're not interested. Right. They still agree to follow Martin to the Yonder development. Yeah. Why do they like? It's, it's not even justified so in the script. This like, is
1: so fucking stupid. And this is where immediately my interest in the film began to wane, because all oh, if you're if you're if you're going the movie
0: wants to be taken seriously. Yes. It wants to be
1: taken as this. Prestige sci-fi film.
0: Yeah, this isn't done with a wink where it's like this is a horror movie. They're making unnatural choices. Right.
1: It's that. Yeah. It's not done with a wink. It's not done with like a, I don't know, like a Duffer Brothers uh, sort of wink and a nudge. Yeah. This is
0: a. It's just. just, This is just an inexplicable. An inexplicably dumb decision. Where you have your characters verbally say they don't want to do this and then
1: have them do it. This movie is trying to convince me that it's an Ari Aster movie. Yes. And yet the characters are acting like fucking Friday the 13th campers. Like. Uh, either you, In order to make a decision like this work You have to either make Martin Much more believable yeah. and charming Make him a Ted Bundy Who can talk anybody into anything
0: Which would lessen what makes Martin great Exactly
1: Or you have to take away the entire idea Of them being real world people Drawn into a strange location You have to cut off that entire opening Start the movie with them walking into the office And present the entire movie as a dream
0: let me give you a more streamlined way to do this. Okay. Have either character say, yeah, let's go see this house. Sure. Like, like that's all you have to fucking do. Have don't them. have your characters literally say, <laughs> we don't want to see this house. Right. And then have them go see the fucking house. Yeah. <laughs> to to quote
1: John Mulaney, don't be taking anybody to no secondary location. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't want to be taken to no secondary location. At the yonder development, and again, here's where we get some great imagery. Every house is exactly the same, and there are seemingly hundreds of them. Not uh, only that, but we get to a glimpse of the sky. Yes, and, we'll get and it,
1: it. It's 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 more commented on later, but the sky literally looks like Andy's
0: wallpaper from Toy Story. Yeah, like. it's it's stationary cloud like clouds, like yeah. just like cotton ball clouds. Right. Again, great stuff.
1: Great stuff. And honestly, this is a weird. This is a weird comment to make, but it really reminded me of the production design from the early aughts uh, "Cat in the Hat" movie, Okay. which was also trying to mock uh, suburbia. The and that was the only good thing about that movie was the production design because the director was a production designer. Oh, wonderful! Yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad glad he got his chance and he blew it. Apparently. <laughs> It happens. It happens. Martin shows them the number nine house, which is nice, but bland to the point where it has a painting of itself inside. (laughs) That is a great touch. It's a (laughs) wonderful touch. There's going to be a lot of recursion. There's going to be a lot of looping around. It's Mm -hmm. a nice little Mm -hmm. subtle visual nod. Yes. Uh, They go into a nursery, which is prepared for a boy. Yeah, it's painted blue. More... Praise
1: on jonathan Harris's acting there's this great moment when they go into the kitchen for the first time yes he opens the fridge and he says a welcome a welcome uh gift basket or yeah. what i forget what he calls it. he calls it something more highfalutin but he has a, he has a gift basket and it's like a bottle of champagne and, and some some strawberries. strawberries and he he offers it to imogen and she says oh no thank you i'm driving and he and then he looks over at uh Jesse Eisenberg. And Jesse Eisenberg, says, "Just a strawberry." And Jesse Eisenberg is like, "No, thanks. I'm driving," which is, you know, funny. But is it, it? It's fine. But is it, it? It cuts back to. It cuts back to him. The real button on the scene is it cuts back to him. He looks like he's about
0: to cry. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like they have just broken his world. <laughs> well, I love it because as we're going to find out, um, Martin is not a human. No, he's not. Uh, if it was if it wasn't obvious, <laughs> fucking. Clearly. But I I took it as like, oh, nothing I've been trained for has prepared me for this nonsensical... It's almost like if you said that to a robot, and the robot's like, well, that doesn't make sense. Strawberries aren't alcoholic. You can drive after having a strawberry. Which
1: could have led to a much more interesting story that the movie does not follow up on, instead going in a much dumber direction, but we'll get into that as we go.
0: Martin asks if they have children. Mm-hmm. Gemma says, "No, not yet." And another great bit: uh, this is something I love all throughout. Martin mimics her perfectly. Yes, it's a great disconcerting touch, like her it's hand movements, super her disconcerting. pitch. Again, there are such great ideas in this movie. Such great yeah. ideas, performances, executions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Martin lets them out into the backyard, or as they say, across the pond, the garden. This okay. This is the one thing where I'm like,
1: "Why is Jesse Eisenberg in this movie?" It's so distracting to have an American in this environment. Like, yeah. Why is he there?
0: Well, here's here's how uh Amero-centric I am. Okay. I saw Jesse Eisenberg. I saw her Imogen. Yes. That's how you actually pronounce it. Okay. Uh, no, I'm asking. Oh, were
1: you mispronouncing it I was it saying Imogene. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's Imogen. I do not know. I am also okay. Amerocentric. So let's call her Gemma. Okay. <laughs> or Pootsie
0: let's call her Pootsie Pootsie Collins <laughs> Pootsie Collins great bass player and actor <laughs> um, but I assume because uh, Gemma had a British accent that this took place in America right and then and then twist yeah it's a left hand drive car and I yeah. was like oh man I got M. Night Shyamalan it's not America. What kind of sci-fi movie is this? But Martin lets him out into the back garden, and then he mm. ghosts the fuck out on these losers. He just yeah, exactly. Just disappears like Batman. He has Martin shit to do. <laughs> he has to go back to the store and be a creep. He has he has to go, he has to go
1: back and live with his 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 his, his uh, grandfather, his, uh, who tells him he's gonna he's gonna him Tantacuda
0: Tantacuda. Oh man, I'd love for this Martin and Tantacuda to face off. Or, oh my God. Let's have all of cinema's great Martin just come together.
1: The League of Martins versus Tantacuda.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tantacuda's so powerful.
1: The poster is just Tantacuda from the back, standing in front of just a gigantic wall of Martins, and that actor <laughs>
0: is certainly dead. Oh, absolutely! So we'd have to CGI him like uh, <laughs> like Peter like Cushing P- Peter Rogue Cushing. One. Yep. <laughs> uh, Gemma and Tom try to drive away, yep. but the development has become an endless maze that keeps leading them back to Number Nine. Mm-hmm. This goes on for hours until they run out of gas right in front of Number Nine. Now. Which now has lights on because it's dark. Right. Now, this is not my observation. Mm-hmm. This is something that someone else saw, and sure. I don't know if it's intentional. But 9 is sort of like a uh, circle with sort of a road leading to it, and then you can't get out of the circle. It's this little spiral.
1: Yeah. Oh. Ah.
0: So that might be why they chose 9.
1: That would be really clever if they did. Good, yes. Good, good on them, and if they didn't do it on purpose... Fuck you.
0: Well, but... I'm not going to... Don't say fuck you for <laughs> just choosing a number. They could have gone with eight. Like a literal infinity symbol. Right. That I mean, that would work too. They go inside and crack into that welcome basket. Sure. The strawberries have no taste. Another detail I love. I do like, love that's, that. That's a wonderful disconcerting thing where it's like the food is not real food like it'll nourish but not really
1: it is later implied that there is also no smell yes and they mention in this scene when they go to bed they mention how that silent it, that is. it is silent there are no animals there is no wind there is no smell there is literally no spice of life
0: yes yes and these oh. are things that I wish were conveyed better in the movie. Oh my god, yes. Aside from just like tossed off lines. And the mention that there is no wind is not brought up until the very end. The literal very end of the movie. I'm bring- I'm. I'm doing a better job of telling the story right now by bringing it up now. The next day, Tom climbs up on the roof. Always the climbing with this guy. He's <laughs> like a fucking monkey. Yeah. But he sees that the development stretches on for miles, mm-hmm. and in the sky, as we mentioned, hangs little cotton ball clouds. Again, this is a great image of just the vast yeah. spread of endless, just identical how, how houses, entirely hopeless. Their situation and these are. houses are two stories; they're like this pale mint green, nice, but again, not a lot of personality. Yeah. Not a lot of. It's like, have you seen one of those? If you've ever seen one of those photos of the early
1: suburban planned neighborhoods that they created back in the fifties where like the really those really scary pictures where you'd have like a kid like a a, a, a guy all all of the people would be mowing their lawns at the same time. Yes. Like everything looks super uniform. That's exactly what this is, except obviously no people.
0: Yes. Uh do, 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 do. scared, Tom suggests that they follow the sun mm-hmm. and just walk in a straight line. It's a
1: very they, desperate uh, attempt, but honestly, one thing I did appreciate about, about this movie is that, although this becomes an issue later on, a lot of the things that they said or tried were said or tried just as I was thinking of them. Okay,
0: yeah, yeah. They, they, they react... The way people should react in this situation—it's yeah. like which is okay.
1: One of the except for what got them there yes. in the first place, but once they're there, they do start to. But here's the problem with this,
0: yep. and what, here's where accusations of it being repetitive are going to start to kick in. Yeah, as an audience, we already know they're stuck, right? Like even if we don't haven't read the description, yeah, we get it because we've seen movies before. <laughs> exactly. The characters just haven't accepted it. Yes. So this does start to get old, but it still worked for me because again, it makes sense. Like it, sure. I I want to see this desperation. I want to see this like clawing at like okay, we we're going to get out of this. Generally,
1: in movies of this nature, even if the situation is supposedly hopeless something new about the situation will be revealed every time someone tries something. So, for instance, there is a famous show that we will probably talk about one day because it's such an icon of weird, The Prisoner. Okay. Uh, In every episode of the show, and I don't think I'm spoiling too much, the main character, the titular prisoner, uh, tries to either... uh, subdue the weirdness of the location he's in or escape from it. And no matter what he tries to do, he always fails. But, even though he fails, there's always an empiric victory somewhere else. Okay. There's always something new he learns or he defeats one particular adversary or or uh, a new level of how fucked up the situation it really is is revealed to him. And that's where I think... That's one way that could have improved this movie is is if we learned a little bit more about how weird the situation was every time they tried something.
0: What? When you said uh, he learns more about how fucked up things are, yeah. For whatever reason, I instantly thought like, oh, he saw a goat eating a puppy. <laughs> At one episode, he's like, oh, what's behind this door? And it's just a <laughs> just a goat eating a puppy. Oh my god. Oh, things really are bad on the island. Mm. <laughs>
1: I was just watching a uh, Dominion prequel to The Exorcist the other day, and that is the sign that the devil is around, is that the cows start eating the hyenas. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, that's that's not how it usually is. That's the opposite. It must mean that the opposite man, Satan, is brown. I
0: don't know, I kind of like that. But it's... <laughs> that's kind of metal. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it, it It's a good movie, in my opinion. But here we are in the first Twilight Zone episode. Okay. This is Twilight Zone episode number one. We're in the place we can't get out of. Right now, Billy and I, as you probably know, mm-hmm. are house flippers. We're constantly absolutely. We flip water bottles and we flip houses. <laughs> so, uh, but we're not in this together, like the no. podcast. We're rivals, bitter rivals, bitter rivals, like the Protestants and the Catholics in Northern Ireland. <laughs> We have our own troubles. <coughs> oh my god. What, is that insensitive?
1: <laughs> to I the don't... hundreds
0: of dead people? <laughs> <To> the... <laughs> no more insensitive than
1: the episode of Captain Planet that was supposed to teach kids about what the troubles were. Oh, I don't remember that episode. <laughs> Neither do I. I was just reminded on Twitter today
0: that it exists. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> But, yeah, okay, so... So, uh, we have some houses we're going to try to sell to each other. Yes. And they might be a little spooky. Oh, no! So, Billy, would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? I would
1: prefer if you go first. Okay.
0: (laughs) So, Billy. Yes. Let me tell you about this house. You tell me about it. Two stories. Six bedrooms. Okay. Three bathrooms. Sounds great. A basement. Okay. A pool. Wow. Wow. There's one catch. Okay, what's the catch? It's made out of worms. So, okay. So, okay. because it's made out of live worms, right, that will never die and will <laughs> always be wriggling. <laughs> right. I don't know if like should you die in the house if they will consume your corpse? I mean, that'd be convenient. I I suppose if you don't want to bury or It would want, save a lot,
1: want, I mean, I mean the funeral industry is such is such a is is such a money pit? Like it is. It, this this th- is a great way to save on disposal. They'll just eat
0: every, all the waste. True. Yeah. And I guess you could just throw your garbage on the floor, right? Uh, and compost it right there. Right. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna sink up to your ankles in these live worms. <laughs> See, okay. So th- this is my question. I I question the
1: stru- the structural integrity of a bunch of writhing worms stacked on top
0: of each other. I can two stories. And a swimming pool. I can promise you this. Okay. It will not collapse. It will not collapse. Uh, Okay. (laughs) You won't be crushed, but it does Mm -hmm. sway in the wind. And, like, again, you're going to sink up to your ankles. Right. It's going to be slimy. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, you give me a lot to think about. Asking price, and I've knocked a little bit off because of the worm thing. Right, right, right. But I add a little bit on because there is a basketball hoop. Oh my god, I love basketball. Also made out of worms. The okay. net and everything. It's the net. It's everything. Impre- like it's beautiful. Like you, <laughs> you can really see God in the design. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Five hundred thousand
1: dollars. Five hundred thousand Okay. I mean, you're tough but fair. So you know, I'm gonna give that. A, I'm gonna put that in the old thinky box. Right. I'm gonna think about that for later.
0: What about you, property brother? In the
1: meantime. <laughs> In the meantime, yes, I do have a house that I think will just be that will just be perfect for you. Okay. So this this is actually it's it's out in California, Sunny California. Uh it's it's opposite coast kind of an inconvenient commute, but Right, right, but like it's it's just it's it's a wonderful place. It's beachfront property. It's designed based on I don't like on, the beach, so we're off to a good start. <laughs> Oh, but but it's it's a good part of the beach. Oh, okay, it's a good private part of the beach. It's quiet. Okay, <laughs> you don't
0: have to worry about the the all the all the idiots running around. Well, I'm and, worried about global warming and the encroaching sea levels. Sure,
1: but this is this house is on stilts, so you won't have to worry oh, okay. about it for a while. Well,
0: I'm afraid of heights. You'll like it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you're driving. You're you're spinning a great line so far, right?
1: Thank you. So, the house is great. You like beachfront property. I
0: love being good. I love being forty feet up in the air. (laughs) Fuck yes, and yes, but the house is great, and
1: it's based it's the the architecture is based around like '60s futurism. Everything is super streamlined and, and cool. Here's the problem. Okay. It was the former house of Gene Roddenberry. Oh, no. And he does haunt it. Now, he's not a poltergeist or anything. He's not going to make a lot of a mess. But he does like to talk about his ideas a lot. Mm. And unfortunately, most of his ideas are about Ferengi sex. So I was going to ask
0: if he was going to try to have sex with me.
1: <laughs> I don't think he'll have sex with you if you have a woman over, he might have sex with her. Oh. Uh yeah, that's a problem. But uh, Yeah, no,
0: that's a big problem. Like I don't wanna <laughs> Listen. Yeah. Even though we are rivals in business, sure. I don't think I'm gonna buy your ghost rape house. <laughs> you don't wanna be making
1: breakfast and then just have a ghost in your ear saying like the Ferengi have six dicks. You don't you don't that doesn't sound like a good time? Not my problem. <laughs> Again,
0: my problem is the ghost rape thing. <laughs> Oh, it's such a small issue. I'm sorry. I mean, it's not a again, problem I would, you have to worry about. That's, I would love. That's a problem for your guests. <laughs> this is not a profitable bit. I'm gonna pull the fucking chain <laughs> on the dismissal of my hypothetical ghost, my hypothetical <laughs> guest being raped by the ghost of Jim Roddenberry, <laughs> which I know is not where you wanted to take the bit. No. <laughs> but we ended up there, and now we have to pull the chain. Oh i'm sorry that's okay but this went well we'll try it again We'll do another round later <laughs> we'll try it again <laughs> where the fuck are we in this movie uh okay. after walking they're still back at nine yes but this time there's a box out front filled with toiletries and food and everything is
1: very generic everything's very generically labeled a lot like uh repo man repo man <laughs> everything and the food is all vacuum packed all vacuum packed and again, nothing has any flavor. At this point, I wrote down, "Okay, this is definitely aliens."
0: Yes. Yeah. Gemma goes off screen for the box culprit to come out, to yep. come out and show themselves. Yes. Jesse Eisenberg, man of action, mm-hmm. rips up the box and sets the house on fire. Right. Again. Again. Exactly like, what I would do. Yeah. No, that makes. I didn't even think about that, but that makes perfect sense. Like, uh, yeah. Fuck this place. Like, fuck it. Your trap. Like, might as well burn it the fuck down. The only thing that they do the the only thing that
1: I uh I disagreed with is that after that they're watching it burn down and then he gets comfortable and goes to sleep. If it were me, I would like maybe I would have passed out eventually,
0: but I would have been trying to stay awake and be like who's going to fucking come? Who's going to fucking come? My interpretation of that on the second watch was on the okay. first watch I thought like you was like hmm, odd time to take a nap. Right. I get it's late, you've been walking, but <laughs> i feel like the house on fire would be a burst of adrenaline sure i i interpreted on the second time as like maybe they're maybe the people controlling this the creatures controlling this put them to sleep they obviously control the environment um okay in that case that just needed to be communicated better yes yeah but it, it just f- how quickly jesse eisenberg like fell onto Gemma's lap sure. and how quickly she followed like i felt like there had to be something else right could be poor otherwise screenwriting. it's just poor screenwriting yes. which
1: is not outside of this movie's wheelhouse as we've already discovered
0: and here's another place where i felt like jesse eisenberg was horribly miscast because after he sets fire to the place mm-hmm. he's walking out inferno behind him yeah. Gemma says like what are you doing he says i'm sending out a smoke signal mm-hmm. jesse eisenberg's not tough enough for that line <laughs> You need someone like uh Eddie Deason to deliver that. Which one's Eddie Deason? Don't worry, it's not worth it. Okay. If you, <laughs> if, you if you uh if you caught that, I would have left it in, but now we'll just cut it out. They <laughs> gotcha. walk they wake up and there's another box.
1: Yay. This time with
0: a baby inside. Oh no. How many times have you gotten a baby box? Do you subscribe to baby box? <laughs> i do oh every month a new baby every month a new baby i got a whole closet of them i'll be honest with you yeah i don't have time to go through that many babies (laughs) i end up just throwing them out (laughs) i should really unsubscribe but like (laughs) who tests the time yeah it's not that much they they hide the
1: unsubscribe button behind like three different pages you have to click through it's such a hassle Ever, I just. Uh, I mean, like, I. I'm pretty sure you end up having to just call the the helpline, and who probably. wants to talk to someone? Yeah,
0: I'll. I'll just pay the thirty bucks a month. Anyway, so the box says, "Raise the child, child
1: <laughs> and be released."
0: Yes, which I'll get into it a bit later. Okay. Um. <laughs> Also, now the house is intact and unscathed.
1: There's a pretty cool shot where the smoke uh, dissipates and you see the number nine like literally sort of emerge from the smoke and then the house. And the door
0: opens, welcoming them in. Yes. Again, I still love the movie at this point. Not love it. I enjoy it. Sure. Like, there's a lot of interesting things going on. Sure. And I believe about now we're half an hour, maybe 45 minutes in. Sure. Next, we see the baby is now a young boy of probably seven or eight. Yeah, I, I remarked in my
1: notes he looks a little bit like a young Ben Platt. Okay, I'm not sure who that is. Dear Evan Hansen guy. I don't know what that is. It's a musical. Okay. It's very popular.
0: Most people sure. know what it is. Okay, well, I watch a lot of Japanese girl gang movies. So <laughs> <I'm> kind of busy.
1: <laughs> but That's again, okay.
0: I love this. I love this time jump. I love this disconcerting sure. thing of like, well, how much time has actually passed? Like... Jesse yes. Eisenberg and Gemma don't look older. Unfortunately, they do establish exactly how much time has passed immediately do, after the I scene, which I appreciate because it's needed for the disconcerting nature of the child. Sure. Which which is it though? Do you like do you like the nebulousness or do you like the certainty at the jump at the very first? Oh, look well, I, at okay, this child, okay. I'm like, okay, okay. This is not a baby. <clears throat> I know the difference between a child of seven and a baby. <laughs> I have some college.
1: Okay, so you like the way that it's stacked. I, yes. Okay, okay, I get and it. And the child is
0: dressed like a Jehovah's Witness. Right. Uh, the white collared the shirt, bit of this episode. A white collared shirt, black pants. Right. Uh, he is staring at Gemma and Tom sleeping after the wake. They all flip each other off, which Again, is great. Another great thing: establishing that yeah, there has been a time jump, obviously, and mm-hmm. this relationship is not great.
1: No, it's not. He then proceeds to mimic an entire
0: argument that they apparently had and recently. Again, so the movie is hitting at this point. Like it's Yeah. It it drags a little bit. Your mileage may vary for how much it drags. Sure. But again, it's hitting this, this weird fucking child. And it while where Martin mimicked Gemma perfectly, mm-hmm. the child sort of does it with a higher pitch, a little bit more modulation, like Right. It's, it's unclear whether or not the...
1: I couldn't find a cast listing for voice of the child, but the child does not appear to be... Either does not appear to be speaking with its own voice, or its voice is 80 yards in later by the same child with heavy modulation. Either way, it's not a natural voice. It's not a natural Even voice. Even when he's not doing
0: mimicry. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, and it's... it's uh, I love it. Quite disturbing.
0: I love it. There's quite, so much about this movie that works. quite disturbing. Uh, These are the most frustrating kinds of movies. Right, where there's so much good stuff, but it yeah. just fails in the execution. There, yeah, the the pile of uh, good things and bad things are are way too close, and that's where on my first watch I was like, the balance, the weight of seeing this once, this imagery, the these concepts, this these performances. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it to the side of good. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, and then the second viewing, not so. I much. was like,
0: yeah, I have to sort of ding it for this, this, and this.
1: But the kid's doing this thing, and, and uh, Jesse Eisenberg, I wrote down in my notes, evil demon, demon mimic kid, and immediately as I was writing that, Jesse Eisenberg said, evil mutant, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg and I are the same character, <laughs> which again, turned into a bad thing later on, but we'll we'll get into that.
0: And again, the movie is talking about parenting and childhood, and yep. children absorb what their parents do and say, and... It's, yeah. It creates who they are, and it creates what they say. Children repeat their parents. Yeah. Uh, the kid demands that they measure him. And yes. as you said, here we get the concrete establishment that it has been 98 days. 98 days. Which you need so you realize that this boy is obviously not human. Right. Even though he has a belly button. It, Only humans have belly buttons. That's true. He does have a belly button. Mm. Unnatural things don't have belly buttons. Mm. The Grimace doesn't have a belly button. That's true. That's true. Well, yeah. But,
1: so, here's here's a weird thing about watching any science fiction movie when you're a sci-fi fan. You are inevitably going to view it through the prism of every other science fiction thing you've ever seen before in your life. Yes. So, uh, immediately when I'm watching this movie, things start... Like, rotoscope lists start just sort of playing in my brain. I'm starting to think of the child from Star Trek The Next Generation, which uh, was born from. Counselor Troy, and then immediately grew into an adult within only a couple of days.
0: Or when uh, Ms. Marvel the gave The exact birth, same fucking thing happened to Ms. Marvel. Gave birth to her lover. Yeah, uh, literally. Who impregnated... Oh, God. Yeah. That could be an episode in itself. Oh,
1: my... Um, we, we could talk about that. Uh, or I started thinking about uh, the probably the best example of something like this, Children of the... or Village of the Damned. Yes. Which uh, is also about... People in a small community suddenly having to raise alien children. The difference being that the alien children are actually grown and birthed from their own wombs, Yes. Uh,
0: which I think adds a level of creepiness that this movie could have used. See, I I, I appreciate I'm willing to give it to this movie, one, for doing something a bit different. Okay. And the image of the baby in the box is great. It is a great it's image. It's great. It's very... I
1: just feel like... Character decisions made later in the movie would make more sense if none of the fucking babies had come out
0: of her. This is, we'll get into it more, but that's one of the biggest problems with this fucking movie is yes. Gemma's attitude towards this child. Oh my god, Gemma's attitude. Yeah. Gemma, you, you got a pith poor attitude. It's because she's a terrible teacher. She doesn't <laughs> know how to handle children. She only knows about trees
1: and wind. That's yeah. all she
0: knows. That was the entire curriculum. Yeah. <laughs> That was nine months of the year for those. Yeah, kids. All you kids are ready for your final. Whoosh! <laughs> uh, the boy runs around barking, then begins a high-pitched shrieking that mm-hmm. continues as Gemma and Tom prepare cereal for it. Yes, again, children cry when they're hungry. It's yes, it's 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 it.
1: The screaming from the child is literally like an, an alarm that a need is not being met. Anytime time. Yes anytime it needs it needs something before bed it needs food it needs there's not enough milk in the bowl it's it's sort of like when one of your bars in Sims one of the one of the bars starts that. blinking yes that's the child starts screaming and again props to the sound designer the scream is not a normal child's scream no
0: it's like a it's like a
1: siren it's like a siren you can also hear like an animalistic sort of roar at the yes. beginning of the scream which just adds to the the unsettling of it. So, again, a lot of props to this movie that I said you shouldn't watch at the beginning of this episode.
0: No, there are good things. Yeah. You just forgot about the good things because you got ground down by all the bad things. I,
1: I got so ground down by this movie. Oh,
0: by the way, we're now in the second Twilight Zone episode where it's about raising a weird kid.
1: Rais- yeah, raising weird kid. So we're now, we're now in... Uh,
0: uh, what's the the Good Life.
1: The Good Life. Yeah, it's a good life.
0: Uh, after breakfast, they scrape their scraps into a box filled with garbage. Mm-hmm. They take the box outside, then wait for the box to be taken so they can murder the box taker with a pick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the box is labeled, put waste in, in here and leave yeah. it outside. So again, much like real suburbia, like, you have to use regulation-sized trash cans that the garbage man can pick up and with his truck, and everything has to be very carefully controlled and built and Because t- this sustained. is
0: not just about the Aliens. terrors of raising a child, yep. and how demanding mm-hmm. and uh, absorbent they are. Yeah. It's also about the hell and banality of suburbia. Yes. This is uh, Baby's first high school script sci-fi movie. Yes. Yep, and again, nothing is subtle in this movie. Not even it's a not little bit. Like, this is sort of there are echoes of Eraserhead with the parenting aspect. Sure, uh, but Eraserhead the, was good. There are good things in
1: it. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, that was unnecessarily mean. Again, the movie has a lot of problems. Yeah, Tom lights a cigarette that is mostly just filter. Sorry. Okay. Never mind. I'll, what? I'll, I'll save it for later. Okay. Uh, As the boy stares at him, he flicks the butt at the child. Yes. It bounces off, and there's this great, weird effect where the grass where it lands recedes away, revealing the dirt beneath.
1: It's stop motion. Yes. Yeah, it's a a nice little uh, effect. Yeah. The stop motion combined with the... uh... With the whole vibe of the place reminded me of the opening of a, a famous British sitcom called Neighbors. Oh, okay, where everything is in green tones. It's supposed to look like a suburban ideal neighborhood, and everything is
0: in stop motion. And that was the basis for that Seth Rogen movie, Neighbors. <laughs> I don't believe so. Oh, okay, but uh, maybe, who knows? Tom hits the patch with a pick, revealing it to be some kind of weird foam. Another great yes. detail.
1: This uh, really reminded me of the moment in Beetlejuice when Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis have to dig through the fake astroturf town that he's built in order to oh. dig up uh, Beetlejuice's body. Yeah, yeah, it's a very similar vibe in terms of like the just gigantic
0: wood chips and shit he's digging up. And now we enter the third Twilight Zone episode: mm-hmm. the hole. About a man who's obsessed with digging. This could also be an episode
1: of Alfred Hitchcock Presents, because it's not necessary that this concept be sci-fi at all. No,
0: absolutely not. It's just about yeah. a man obsessed with digging. Right. Digging. So, as Gemma and Tom are busy digging, mm-hmm. the box is taken. Yes. By the way, the boy is played by Sennon Jennings. I hope okay. is how his name is pronounced. Sure. And he does... A good job. Yeah, I it's—it's like, it's probably not actor. his voice, but probably not. He does a good job with the physical stuff. He yeah. acts like a weird robotic child very well.
1: Yes, he he does a very which could good just job. be
0: bad child acting. Honestly, could be. I'm a, take
1: uh, Mina sniffing into the mic, so I'm going to move her a little bit. Could be bad child acting, but if it is, it's utilized very well. Yes, because this kid is
0: unsettling. He's he's great. Yeah, he's a creepy little shit. He's a creepy little shit. Uh, Gemma begs Tom to stop digging and listen to her, to her hysterics about the box. Right, but Which, Tom, presumably because we're ninety eight days in, has disappeared before. Yeah, but Tom, very calmly, and I mm-hmm. love this, communicates that this is something he can do. Right, and please let him do it because there's yeah. nothing he needs to have power over something. Right, and that's I love I love that the man one clearly communicated his feelings. Yes. And two, that they, and granted, maybe it could be better as subtext, but he's like, I'm digging this hole. I know it doesn't fucking matter, but I need to do something.
1: I need something that's going to have some sort of, uh, that's going to change our environment in some way.
0: And it will also become a metaphor for, like, traditional gender roles and, like, the dad is at work. Yeah. Daddy's at his whole job. Daddy's at the whole job. Yeah. is is Yeah. And Tom digs all day, and this ple- displeases Gemma because she, she she's she's stuck inside the house with a kid, I think, is what the implication is. right. The unsettled traditional gender roles thing, yeah, where she has to be angry because she's a shrew wife. right.
1: yeah, it's it I feel like the movie is trying to side with Gemma and trying to make out uh, Tom to be this toxic masculine figure but it doesn't work at least for me no because because for me throughout the entire movie i just keep looking at tom and being like i want to do what that guy's doing you want to
0: dig a hole i don't want to dig a hole but like well, the decisions that you he's just making don't want, you want to be an absentee father Right. That's absolutely. your dream. That's my dream. You want to have a kid just so you can ignore it. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I want yeah, I want a kid to never know my face. You know what's gonna happen then? Yeah. Your kid's gonna get like in the big brother program and mm-hmm. you're gonna get dad cucked. I'm gonna get dad cucked?
1: Yeah. Makes sense, makes sense. No, I, I, I I've always wanted to leave this world knowing that I have
0: inconvenienced a child. So that would that would be that would be my dream. That's the dream. Yeah. Leave the world more inconvenient than you found it. <laughs> That's what society so was, is meant to progress towards. I was raised Republican, so yes, that is that is my goal. Later, Tom and Gemma fuck. They do, and the boy watches through a crack in the door. Again, right. unsettling as shit.
1: Unsettling as shit. I would argue unnecessary. It doesn't seem to add anything to the story
0: or change anything about their relationship or dynamic. No, but again, it's a child thing like sometimes children are curious. And have you ever seen your parents fuck? I've never seen it. But you know they did. I know that they did cuz I have three other siblings. They could have found them. They
1: could have. They, they could have bought my like baby me. box
0: subscriptions. <laughs> That's true. They all look like me though. So I have well, to Well, maybe they're in. your children. Oh
1: my god.
0: <laughs> That's fucked up yeah sorry about that we could go with a time travel angle if you don't want to go with the fucking your mother angle <laughs> by the way what angle would you fuck your mother
1: pulling the ripcord on that okay <laughs>
0: that's
1: i didn't even know we had this ripcord before but i'm gonna start using it like
0: it's handy <laughs> going out of style the next day tom goes off to dig mm-hmm. and brushes off Gemma when she wants to help leaving her with the boy Again, he's a shitty dude. He's oh, a no. shitty man. He She's... has to go to work and leave. And she wants to help, but he has to do his uh, he... solipsistic, solipsistic digging.
1: And he doesn't even be rude about it. Like she says, I can help you if you want. And he says, Oh, it's. It, I. The, sh- the the shovel works better. The pick doesn't really work anymore. So, uh, but thanks I mean, anyway. He and was... he goes out the door. At, he was clean. honestly the person not communicating their feelings is her. She's like, "Hey, I need an excuse to get out of the fucking house. I find this kid creepy too, yeah, like that would have been, oh, and then, if he blew her off then, yeah, he's a douche, but right now he's just she communicated incorrectly what she was trying to say, and he said i don't I don't understand what you're saying, but uh, my functions are being handled right now.
0: It would be an interesting idea, um." This sort of thing where I don't know how much it was intentional, sure, but Jesse Eisenberg repeatedly voices his emotions and is like, yeah. This is what I want, this is what I need. I mean, this, <laughs> I disagree with you. He's clearly like coming up with excuses, so like, okay, but at the same time, this idea that. Going with traditional gender roles, yeah, and with uh, cis normative language, sure. That men are not emotionally vocal, sure, and women are. This idea that the woman is sort of alien herself because she does not fit this mold, where she's like, I can be free with my emotions and mm. voice what I want. Now I do not know w- if- that
1: would have been a good direction to go in if
0: they wanted to hit that a little bit harder. But really it's just, again, the unsubtle like, oh, the woman stays home with the kid and has an unfulfilling life and he's out there digging his holes.
1: Like Mayhaps. Mayhaps the movie could have been like, she's like a a manic pixie artiste Character like she wants, which to, she sort of is. She's she, a teacher. She's a doing teacher. the tree shit. She's doing the teaching thing, but she wants to move into the city with him, and she wants to like set up an art studio and do all this crazy random shit. And he wants something more sedentary. He wants yeah. to be the more traditional guy. And then you have the horror story of her literally getting trapped in that situation. That would be interesting. Like Wouldn't that, that be would great? that would
0: that would intensify the suburbia angle. Yes. Of like I don't want to live in this fucking planned development i want to be in the heart of the city i want to be where things are living and breathing
1: and it also adds the extra element of your the person that's supposed to love and understand you just not getting what you're saying
0: this is the beauty and frustration of these movies nearly like good movies mm-hmm. where it's like you can see the design so easily but you're you have the hindsight you can see how it was done wrong right yeah like we probably couldn't come up with this idea if we hadn't seen Vibarium. Maybe not. This is a great idea. It's a great idea. But it's easy when we see it done wrong.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. once once you see it and it's it's there, it's easy to pick it apart. It's, it's much easier to
0: destroy than it is to build. Later, the boy turns on the TV and mm-hmm. watches the trippy black and white Fractal Channel.
1: Yes, and this is another moment where I got pissed off at the movie a little bit. Really? Yes, because on the one hand, this is a cool way of showing that the kid is an alien and yes. a weirdo that... He's getting some sort of information out of these weird uh, 1960s Doctor Who uh, theme song images and the weird noise, the weird noises coming out of the screen. On the one hand, that's great. On the other hand, I couldn't shake the notion that the film was trying to be an analogous of television in general and saying, kids, huh? watching tv just a bunch of random noises and images we're so clever fuck you like and then right after this there's a scene with that in mind there's a scene where they go and they listen to the radio and listening to the radio is shown as a joyous positive thing yes i'm like okay so this part of mass market entertainment is fine this part of mass market entertainment is not and that kind of pissed me off I did not
0: get that at all. Okay, I thought it was just maybe like,
1: I'm reading too much into it. I thought it again. was just like, hey, it's
0: we're gonna tune into the alien channel,
1: right? Yeah.
0: Um, and that's the th- That's
1: that's the big problem that I mentioned earlier. You have to pick pick a lane. Is this a dream? Is this reality? If it's if it, if this is supposed to be a hardcore sci-fi thriller, there are many choices that they missed. If this is supposed to be an analogous dream logic movie then they there are a ton of choices that they missed. It feels to me at least and again maybe this is just me putting my own ideas onto the film. But it feels to me like the movie is running down right down the middle yes. and is missing great ideas on both sides.
0: I need to revise what I said. Okay. I will concede your point because later in the film mm-hmm. as he's watching the alien channel. Yes. Jesse Eisenberg and Gemma come in like try to turn it off take the remote and he screams like i can see that as like a kid throwing a fit when you take a device away from them right so there is that element there okay fair enough since you brought it up Mm -hmm. i'll i'll get through this part one night Gemma and tom sit in the car Uh, this is where they talk about how it has a smell and nothing in the house has a smell
1: they like sitting in the car and experiencing the smells that the car
0: carries with. If, if you had not smelled anything for a long time, mm-hmm. what would you want to smell?
1: Oh, I have a pick? Yeah.
0: Oh, God. Uh, Probably a pine tree.
1: Okay. I think I would want to smell like, because this, this, I grew up in the state of Maine. The smells of the state of Maine are very important nostalgically to me. So I think if I could choose anything, it would be like a, pine, a
0: forest of pine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Do you have a do you have a smell that you would choose probably water but they realize that the car's battery is still on and they can mm-hmm. still play music they can play they can listen to the reggae that they love so much right I believe there I believe this is when the car plays uh 7 shantytown uh, uh. <laughs> what? Yeah,
1: the same with the song. Is that the song that they're playing? Yeah, as okay. they're
0: driving to the Yonder development, they're listening to uh, A Message to You, Rudy. Okay. by I think it's by The Specials, although okay. that could be a cover, but that's who I know it is. You have a much nearby. wider knowledge of music than I do, apparently, but, uh, because I only know one song. I looked up this song because I liked it. Okay, cool. Uh, and I believe this is because they don't listen to fucking music anywhere else in the goddamn movie. Right, yeah. Uh, so this must be 007 Shantytown. Sure. They dance, and eventually yes. the boy joins in. Mm-hmm. The boy accidentally knocks Tom over, and Tom slams the boy into the ground in retaliation. Yes, much like The Shining. But the boy just keeps dancing. It's like fucking Billy Elliot, too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, uh, do you want to continue our house rivalry? Do you have another house to sell me? Uh, sure. Uh, you go first. Okay. Yeah. Do you like the mountains? Uh, I I could take or leave them. Okay. Well, this is high in the peaks of the Everest. <laughs> Okay. Okay. It was not crafted by the hands of man. Sure. But hewn into the stone by uh mm-hmm. God only knows what. Mm. But it's one thousand square feet. Sure. I don't know if that's a lot or a little. Sounds like a little. <laughs> now that I say it, for uh for a mountain fortress, sounds like a little.
1: That's okay. I don't know either. We are bad house flippers.
0: Yeah, we are. <laughs> that's why we sell to each other. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Because we have no
0: idea what we're doing. We're just spitting in in each other's mouths all day long.
1: (laughs) Right. So continue. So Uh, it's a thousand square feet, which might be more or less. And
0: 500 of those feet Mm -hmm. are Yeti corpses. (laughs) I made a deal with the locals. Sure. This is where you can put your Yeti corpses. Right. As long as you sign up for my MLM. (laughs) Well, I sell so many shakes to Nepalese people. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. Oh my god. Now, asking price. Right. Mountain Fortress, half Yeti corpses. <laughs> six million dollars. Six million and how much was the, the previous one? The uh, That was five hundred
1: thousand. Five hundred thousand, and this is six million. Six million. Okay, so I like that you're asking more for the building not made from worms. Yes. I think that's a smart
0: business tactic. I think that that is smart. I went to the Donald Trump school. <laughs> His completely legitimate university. Right, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, Prager U, correct? Uh, no, that's a separate thing. Yeah, I know, I'm joking. Okay. Yeah. A, I don't know that that qualifies as a joke, but we can oh. discuss that later. Okay. During the postmortem that we have <laughs> every after every week, show. Every week we like, have a postmortem. Mostly it's me sitting Billy down, like, why'd you fucking say that? <laughs> Do you know how many N-words I have to cut out of this? <laughs> but uh, did you want to buy that Mountain Fortress?
1: Uh, You know what? I'll at least... I'm, I'm closer to buying this one than the worms. I'll be perfectly honest with you.
0: This fucking sucker I get him every time. <laughs> I just gave you a
1: hard maybe. I don't think you got me at all. <laughs>
0: Shut the fuck up. <laughs> So, one of my big problems with this movie is that they were given clear instructions. Yes. Raise the child and be released. Right. Why don't they try raising the nightmare child? Okay. This is what the Twilight Zone episode would be. is like Mm -hmm. them learning to be parents. Sure. And this idea of like, okay, now it's like you deserve your suburban paradise. At least Mm -hmm. in the Twilight Zone version would be you deserve your suburban paradise because you proved you're a good parent. Yes, they never seem to like sit down and think. Was well, like, okay, maybe that's all we have to do. Maybe we can make it out of this alive yeah. if we just raise this child right.
1: They don't think through the concept. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck up the timeline a little bit. That's here, fine. Just to discuss this, ab- the avenues of decisions that are not. Taken advantage of here.
0: And I want to point out yeah. that Gemma does sort of try to raise the child, yes. but her flip flopping is another big problem with this movie. Exactly. Like,
1: so Gemma can't fucking decide whether she's gonna raise this fucking child or not. She repeatedly says,
0: I am not your mother. Which the then movie he...
1: seems to think is way more interesting and badass of a catchphrase than it is. Yes.
0: Yeah. But this I but she constantly acts like his fucking mother. Right. Now, here's Here are some
1: possibilities where this movie could have gone. Where this movie decides to go is, again, right down the middle of the fucking road... Yes. ...where we have, coming up, a scene where Jesse Eisenberg decides, I'm a merc this kid. Yes. And uh, Gemma stops him from doing that, at which point... and, And, again... I continued to relate to Jesse Eisenberg right the moment he was no, going to murk the that's kid, a fucking reasonable response. That's a reasonable fucking response to the situation that you were in. I'm sorry if that makes me a monster, but I would
0: have murked the kid. Okay, let's uh, again establish not a human child. Not a human <clears throat> child. And they are forced into raising this child against their will. Right. And this is an adversary. It is not a child.
1: But the movie seems to make... Seems to think that this is like a cut and dry thing. You shouldn't kill a child, and I'm like, it's 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 not a child though. Like but it's been 98 <sighs> days, and it's seven years old.
0: Here, go fuck yourself. Well, let's first both establish, yeah, that as soon as that like advanced aging happens, yeah, that's when you're like, this is a monster, right? Free game to kill again. Up. The minute and again, this is because I have.
1: Uh, sci-fi genre acumen, savvy. genre savvy that these characters don't necessarily have but the minute I see something like that all I'm thinking of is the child I'm thinking about what happened to Miss Marvel yeah. and I'm thinking it needs to die
0: exactly. yeah no it, I'm thinking as, of
1: Children of the Damned I'm thinking of Village of the Damned I'm just, just fucking kill it
0: when you are trapped against your will yeah and you are forced to raise an alien child sure free game to kill that child so it feels
1: to me like there are two options one kill the kid two raise the kid yes uh, if you kill the kid, there are ways that the movie could have gone. A, you could have had them try and raise the kid, and then get to a point where they're like, "No, this is getting too scary." and That freaky. could be the peak of the movie. That the could be the, the, hu- the, the emotional climax. high, and they just they take the pick and they kill the kid, and then somebody comes after, or, or the kid is too strong for them, uh, in which or or, even or then, nothing happens, or they're trapped in this hell, right? And they're like, "Oh man, we should have ra- now we'll never know if we raise the kid, yeah. or you could have had them try and murk the kid from the beginning, in which case, no matter what they try and do to this kid, the kid just keeps getting back up, yeah, and he keeps being like, "What a fun game, mommy, And just keeps going. That would be fucking terrifying, or you could have them try and raise the kid throughout the entire movie and have some sort of the debate still between Gemma and Tom. And maybe her influence changes the way that the kid was going to end up. It's on some level. Yeah. But instead, and again, I know I'm getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but we have that conflict brought up. We have a scene where, we have multiple scenes, in fact, where Gemma starts to almost gain a rapport with the child.
0: She acts motherly almost, to it.
1: Almost. And then, hard cut to, the kid is just a evil Terminator robot anyway. Yeah. And it's, so what's the point? What what I I've been sitting here for
0: again, feels like three hours, and nothing is different than what I thought it was gonna be when I walked in. Because ultimately Gemma sides on I'm not your mother, I don't have to raise you. Right. But it it's fucking It's it it's makes so the movie sloppy.
1: It makes the movie feel more tedious than it could have because the actions that the characters take don't make any difference to the uh, the ending. And there are ways to do that. Like, for instance, it has been argued many a time that Indiana Jones's actions in Raiders of the Lost Ark do not actually affect the plot that yes. much. However, you're never bored
0: watching Raiders no. of the
1: Lost Ark because he's always doing something.
0: Yes. And in this movie... But the tedium is baked into the concept of this movie. That is true. That is tr- I'm just saying they
1: could have but organized I'm it better. That's
0: a hurdle you have to get over. Yeah, if they, you're going to have that as part of the concept, yeah. you need to accommodate for that.
1: Yeah, you need to do something to exactly
0: accommodate for it. To make make,
1: make plans to adjust for the tedium.
0: Uh, to and go back y- you didn't and do it. <laughs> catch up. Yep. As the days go on, Gemma tries to keep her spirits up. Uh, mm-hmm. She's playing little fun games with Tom, like spitting before he does. But Tom is pretty depressed. Who knows why? Fuck if I know. He's distant, constantly digging. They keep going back and forth with the boy. Gemma tries to discipline him. The boy screams a lot, especially when he's hungry. Here's where I noted on my second watch, this is definitely much more repetitive. This is a lot of the same stuff. This is but, where
1: I wrote on my on my watch through, this movie isn't even half over. How much more is there to say about this fucking concept? Yeah, and here's where the notes start going fast. This is where we started to really, really uh, summarize. Yeah,
0: as, as I mentioned, as you mentioned... Tom has had enough. He locks the child in the car with the intention of starving it. This and is how in sync I
1: and Jesse Eisenberg were. The minute he did that, right before the minute he did that, I wrote down the line, if it was me, I would have taken a pickaxe of this thing, this yeah. thing's head way earlier. And then immediately, as I said that, he grabbed
0: the kid and shoved him in the car. But it shouldn't have taken him this long.
1: No, because it took me like an hour of watching the movie to yeah. decide to do that. It took him over 98
0: days. And you're... <sighs> The the game you have to play with movies like this is like, okay, let's pretend like I was actually in real life in this situation. Right. All the same, like, if I were actually in this situation, I would be going insane as soon as the rapid aging happened. Like I, Yeah. Well, no, I'd be going insane once I couldn't get the fuck out. Right. Like, I'd be, I would be beyond the idea of, like... No, I can't kill this child because it's a child. It'd be like, kill that baby. <laughs> exactly. It's it. I maybe I wouldn't. Maybe my
1: paternal instincts would have avoided, made me not want to kill it as a baby. No, baby. but as soon
0: as the rapid aging, as happens, soon as the rapid aging the happens,
1: as soon as it grows its own hair, I'm gonna start thinking about. I'm gonna start thinking about the ways it could die in this yes. house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm sorry if that makes us completely unlikable. Maybe. Again, we're the only ones. It's I a don't fictional
0: know. alien child. Yes. That, has, that its progenitors have kidnapped innocent people. Right. All I
1: can think of is this is...
0: Jesse this- Eisenberg and Gemma are victims. Yes,
1: they are absolutely victims here.
0: Uh, Gemma steals the car keys and lets the boy out, reassuring him that everything's okay. Jesus Christ. Gemma is repeatedly telling the boy she's not his mother, then acting entirely like a mother, including sleeping next to it. Yep. And letting it cuddle
1: her. So here's the thing where I, I wish that they had gone a slightly different direction with how the movie is set up. And I think I already mentioned this, although it may have been something we talked about more off-camera. But the movie, Village and Book and, and Franchise, Village of the Damned... Musical, uh, radio play... Is it? Uh, cookbook. No. <laughs> I anything, every, anything and everything is a musical these days. It could be. True. But uh, I... So... In that movie, it's a very similar concept where alien children are given to humans to raise, whether they want to or not. In that movie, in that in that story, the baby aliens are placed inside the women's wombs. Yes, and they they all grow to uh, term to term and are born and then are and then start aging at a rapid rate, much like all the other sci-fi stories we've mentioned already. And this adds an extra wrinkle where it makes a lot more sense that the women are have this sort of chemical bond with yes. this hormonal bond with these children where like, even though they know that they're invaders to their own bodies, even though they know they're alien there's a part of them that's like, but it's Junior and, Yeah, and but... with this with this movie like wouldn't it have been like with all the other magical things that happen with the boxes that just show up like the image of the baby in the box is, is great, like yeah. you said But wouldn't it make more sense for this part of the movie if she had actually had to... Give birth to this child.
0: That would be interesting. That could add. That could stretch out the concept more. Stretch out the concept uh, more.
1: Add to the invasiveness of the the, of the horror the of like suddenly
0: yeah. I'm fucking pregnant. Right. I can't imagine that horror. This is not an original idea.
1: I understand no. Rosemary's Baby, Alien, even Village of the Damned. Like people have done this, but still, yeah. it, no, it's
0: it's used a lot because it works. Again, this is this is the frustration with the almost good movies. Is yeah, it's such an easy framework to project better ideas onto
1: and this is where i wrote Gemma was complaining about uh tom killing the kid and i i wrote down one of my favorite insults from from another movie i don't give a two penny fuck about your moral conundrums you meat-headed shit sack
0: what's that from
1: that's from uh, gangs of new york oh i didn't think you enjoyed that movie uh i think it's very weak sauce but that okay. line especially for scorsese but that line is very good
0: okay yeah uh tom sleeps at the bottom of the hole Yes, he does he's a, a, whole whole man man now. He's a He's a whole man. He's a whole man now and there's no going back. That's my favorite Beatles song. Oh, man. He's a
1: whole man, a man, now. man
0: now. The harmonies. She's got a ticket to hold. <laughs> and she don't care. The harmony buy me hole. <laughs> I don't care too much for shovels. Shovels can't dig me holes. Not true, Beatles. <laughs> Do your research, Beatles. Learn. look up shovels in the dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Gemma and the boy watch the clouds, and here's where it's explicitly pointed out. Yes, that because they, we can't
1: leave anything unsaid in the
0: movie. They don't move, they're very artificial looking. She barks a bit and howls.
1: Yes. I, I both
0: to try and relate to the
1: kid, and also there's an element of pain to the to the, to yes, the howling. It's, here's another here's another thing that where the movie could have veered off.
0: Werewolves.
1: Sure. No. Uh so in the beginning, again, we we mentioned that uh, Martin takes them to the village and he offers them the champagne and strawberries and is yeah. just like heartbroken when they won't take them. And we mentioned that maybe because he's not human, he's like, oh, did I do the human thing wrong? Now, this child, as we will later find out, is the same species, we assume, as Martin. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be interesting if. As Gemma explains to him what parts of the world that they are living in are not right, those parts of the world subtly change over time. That would be interesting. Because, again, going from a Rod Serling, Twilight Zone perspective, the immediate thing that I thought of is the kid is a cipher to see if these, to, to be part of a normal nuclear American family and then to figure out how humans tick.
0: That would be interesting, but it would not work in this context, at least in it regard wouldn't to It would work
1: as an analogy,
0: it, wouldn't but work, it would
1: work as a Twilight
0: Zone I episode. I mean, yeah, a, as a Twilight Zone episode is a completely different concept. Yeah. But in this context where they're talking about the clouds, that mm-hmm. wouldn't work because these other aliens have been outside. They know what clouds actually look like and how they act.
1: Well, it could be that the alien logic that they are operating by, much like computers, have trouble recognizing the same kinds of patterns that humans do. It could be, perhaps, that they have seen clouds, they know what they look like, but they are incapable of uh, reproducing clouds in the same way that nature does. So when they when they have a sort of, like, control... They just took a cloud, and it's control-C, control-V, gotcha. several
0: times throughout the program that they've created for this place. You know what I would love? I would love a movie where... It's some sort of simulation or mm-hmm. uh, simulacrum or uh, some alien-created environment. Yeah. But it's just done by lazy piece-of-shit aliens. <laughs> and just really janky and shitty. <coughs> and, like, someone's living in this, like, MS Paint simulation. Oh, my God. And then they get out into the real world, and they just go fucking insane. Because <laughs> they can't even comprehend, like, three dimensions. <laughs>
1: That's almost Dark City, with the sort, the, of, the yeah. sort of like janky ass. Uh, everything's made out of rotting material. Sort of gothic city. I, another um, idea that I had with with this idea is like things start to change. You think that gives you as the audience member hope that maybe they're changing their fate. Maybe they're causing the hu- the the aliens to become more human. Yeah. And in reality, they are. But this is actually the twist would be. This is a bad thing. By raising the child and teaching it to be human, it now knows how to infiltrate our society better. And that's when the alien invasion comes. Interesting. And this whole thing has been like a Cold War uh, mock
0: American village gotcha. like it used to do. One of my favorite Chanel Monet songs, Cold War. Great. At night, Gemma cries because Jesse Eisenberg is at the bottom of a hole. It okay. happens in a lot of relationships. <laughs> I'm sure you and Kaylee have been through this. She's crying. Jesse Eisenberg's in a hole. <laughs> the amount
1: of times we found Jesse Eisenberg in a hole. Oh I God. mean, the poor guy needs help. You,
0: you come home. You've been out all night right. rousing with your rowdy friends, of course. And Kaylee's on the couch sobbing. Right. And I'm like, What's you're the worried. You're worried. Is this because I'm world famous playboy? <laughs> Out right. in all hours of the evening. I've come a long way since the compound. <laughs> and, you, and you say, what's wrong, dear? Yeah. And she says, the star of 30 minutes or less <laughs> is in a hole. And, and, I mean, and, asked, and, you, and you wipe your brow because it's not about you this time. <laughs> um, and you have to deal with this Jesse Eisenberg problem. One day, the boy is nowhere to be found. Yes. Oh no, what a tragedy. Oh no. Where Gemma should be like, oh shit, so, the kid's not around. And we have to establish,
1: just before this it was one of the scenes where they were like being endear- endearing, foe endearing. Yes. Uh, it doesn't work. But, like, they're 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 hanging out together, and she says, you're
0: a mystery, and this I'm going to solve it.
1: This is during the cloud watching bit. The cloud watching bit, and I'm like, no, he's not. Kill it. But anyway. Yeah.
0: No, it's, <laughs> yes, it is a mystery, but it's not a good mystery. <laughs> it's not a fun mystery. Uh, their garbage Mormon child is missing. Yes. Which, he's not Mormon. He's Jehovah's Witness. That's right. That's the um, bit we're going with. <laughs> Uh, she goes looking for him because she is 100% not his mother. Right. Eventually, the development does its loop thing. She's back at number nine. Uh, the boy is there. He has the Voynich manus- manuscript. The what? The Voynich manuscript. I don't think have I've ever heard of this. I have not. It's what a, a it? very strange uh, manuscript dating back to like, I don't know if it's like the Middle Ages or like the 16th century or something. Mm-hmm. Has bizarre illustrations written in incomprehensible language that this, no one can, like, decipher. Is this really it? Yes. Oh, okay. No, no, no. In the movie, this is not it. Oh, okay. But this is similar to it. All right, yeah. It, it's a book that's written in alien script. And, and it shows humanoids with throat sacks. Yes. Uh, pictures of the TV fractals. Right. Tom is sick with whole fever. <laughs> No, have look, you ever had whole fever?
1: Or have you only uh, had a half
0: fever? When I was a child and I read the book Holes. When you were young, you had a fever. Yes. Your hands felt like two balloons. Sure, yeah. A distant chip smoke on the horizon. Do you know what I'm
1: referencing? No, not at all. I only know one song. Okay, <laughs> that's right.
0: That's right. It's very triggering uh, for
1: me when you bring up other songs.
0: Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> uh tom is coughing at the bottom of the hole yes uh he's shaking Gemma grills the boy about where he went and Mm -hmm. who he met and here's the again the movie is still doing clever things like this this is one of the better scenes this is a nice bit yeah the boy obviously because he's he's been meeting with secret aliens yes cannot talk about where he's been and he tells her i'm not allowed to i'm not allowed to talk so she tricks him like Mm -hmm. a good mother Yes. but By but making him do his imitations. The
1: implication in the scene, though, by, by the dialogue that shared, is that what she said to him did affect him in some way. By her saying that she wanted to solve the mystery, he went and asked for a book to help her and was told, we'll give you this book you're not allowed to answer any questions or maybe i'm in in, actually now that i think about it maybe he would just
0: that was it was just time for him to have the book i think it was just time for him to have the book oh shit like i i didn't make i i hope i hope it was this idea of like yeah but i can't see why the alien overlords would be like sure you dumbass take this take this book to her but then again it's not like she could read it yeah clearly but this great sequence. She has him do a couple of his impressions, yeah. as he likes to do. He's a little Robin Williams.
1: And she cheers for him. Again, going back to the Twilight Zone, it feels a lot like The uh, Good Life. Yes. Where you have a, an, an intense threat of a child, but you're trying to be nice. And her acting
0: is so great here. Where it's this like, is
1: one of Gemma's best moments in the movie.
0: I wish the character were more consistent so the acting yeah. could shine through better. Yeah. Because, because here in it's this like, scene, she comes off as really smart and she, And manipulative, and she's like, "Yeah, this is not... Granted, parents manipulate their children like this, where it's like you have to operate on child logic. Absolutely. the child won't tell you the secret, you have to work around the secret.
1: You know what? I almost feel like we should have had a woman uh, on the show this episode to be like... Well, we don't know any women, aside from your your wife. Who's a little bit Mike Shy and Spring, who is going to be on for her own movie another time. Um, But uh, yeah, I almost almost feel like I, I wonder if there's something we're missing out by not having the female perspective. I don't think so. No, but I don't I, think so either. I, I think this I I, I
0: I wonder if if we're speaking for the opposite gender a little bit too much. Possibly this I think we can speak from a storytelling aspect okay. where this does not work. Fair
1: enough. Okay. My all of my fears are gone. Fuck this movie. She asks him to
0: imitate the person he met today, the person who gave him the book. Yes. And Again, he, very cleverly worded. Yes. When, the way that she asks for and it. And he does so by mm. inflating a throat sack. Yes. And I love this. It's so fucked this up. This is so disturbing. Yeah. And odd. And it's great, weird imagery. The kid seems to be in pain while he's doing it. Like, it's not a comfortable thing. Uh, well, I mean, I'm in pain watching it. It's veiny it bursts through the top of his collar like a good it pops effect. the button. It's a good effect. And Gemma once again realizes she's in a terrible situation. Yeah. And things are not good. Yeah. Hey, dumbass, maybe you should have taught yourself to have a brain. <laughs> By the way, yes. at this point, yes. we're an hour in. That's right. We are an hour in. This is this would have been a fantastic place to end this movie. Ye, sure. This would have been the perfect place to end it. Sure. Where Gemma realizes, like, oh, I fucked yeah, up. I'm not raising a child. I maybe should have let Jesse Eisenberg kill it when I had the chance. Um, in fact, she still has the chance. And, she, and there's even a great kicker line where yeah. the kid says, silly mother, you are home. Yeah, she says, I want to go home. She's crying. She says, I want to go home. He says, silly mother, you are home. Perfect end line. Yeah. Perfect. we keep going we keep going because it needs to be 90 minutes in spite of all reasoning the boy is now a full-grown man he's Mm -hmm. a fully jehovah's witness yes and the actor
1: watchtower the actor that they've hired has a great look for this part
0: yes he's very angular very 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 very, uh again sort of uncanny valley
1: he kind of looks like a shop window dummy and i do not say that against the man and his voice is he looks great he just he he's very symmetrical. Yes.
0: Yeah. And his voice is not modulated, which is mm-hmm. I'm assuming because the actor can convey like the otherworldliness and the apathy that maybe the child actor could not.
1: Sure. Or maybe because, as we learn later, he's going to very soon enter the real world yes. and, and he needs to have a voice that's not going to raise quite as much suspicion. Shut
0: up. My cat's very upset that we're not paying enough attention to him. And now, before they always ate as a family, for Mm -hmm. whatever reason... Sure. Because, again, they were pretending that they were sort of raising this child. Because at times,
1: analogy interrupts the logic of the story in this movie. But now, they eat in their room, which they barricade. Yes, they barricade from the adult man. And again, uh, I would have liked to have established why we're afraid of him now. Uh, I understand throat sack, very disturbing. Yes, But, like... It took 98 days to him to get to 7. How many days did it take we never find out. No, it's not how, clear. How many days did it take to him to be what looks like 20, 30? Yeah. Uh, and I'm like is he likely to assault you? Do you know that? Is, like I, I Yeah, he never
0: appears threatening to them. He, he
1: ne- like uh, maybe a little bit later, but that's that's circumstances yeah. are different when that starts to happen. Like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. What like, also? Doesn't... What changed in the meantime? And she even says, "I wish I'd killed him now." Yeah, and like I'm like, "Well, you had presumably another ninety eight days."
0: It also doesn't to do make, so. It also doesn't make sense that he would still need to be with them at this point. Right? Why is he there? Why is he there? Yeah, it, 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 I, I didn't think of that until just now, but he's clearly fully capable at this point.
1: I even wrote in the notes, "He's a fully grown man. Either kill him, or." let them be released now yeah. I know because the minute that they said raise a child and you'll be released I immediately understood that released they were Meth, gonna meant death. death because that's the most obvious twist they could have gone with and it's yeah.
0: twist that they went with and it's the unsubtle thing of like parents work themselves to death for their children oh wait
1: they say it out loud oh, yeah,
0: later they do
1: but uh, I, I knew that that was coming but at the same time like so okay why are they here why are they still here
0: yeah why are they here at this point, Tom is dying of hole fever. <laughs> He's got it bad. He's got stage three hole fever. Right. But uh, the
1: couple has made up.
0: Yeah, they and as up. you said, Gemma regrets uh, not letting Jesse Eisenberg kill a child. He says, Number Why? one failure in most new marriages, Jesse Eisenberg shows up at your doorstep. He <laughs> says, I want to kill a child. My child, not necessarily. <laughs> a child. Right, right random act of god we're gonna we're, we're gonna i'm gonna roll a seven billion sided dice right uh i guess seven and a half billion sided. At this sure and he yeah. had to upgrade and that's the child well i guess no that wouldn't work out because not not everyone's a child right we're all somebody's child we're also not child. all a physical child right i'm not sure how jesse eisenberg operates in <laughs> it was his child killing jesse venture,
1: eisenberg moves in mysterious ways oh my
0: god <laughs> I've made so many covenants with Jesse Eisenberg. My foreskin, the rainbow. But uh, <laughs> this is a universal feeling that the movie taps into. Yeah. You haven't let Jesse Eisenberg kill a child. Right. And the- It's a regret that we all feel. It's a regret that we all feel. And Jesse Eisenberg has a, has a kind of
1: a endearing line where he says, she says, why didn't I let you kill him? And she's because you're, you're a good person. And I'm like, that's very sweet of you. It's very sweet. It's because it's, she's dumb. It's, it's because yeah, she was dumb. she's a bad teacher. She's a <laughs> and this is why All she they, knows is trees and wind. This is why
0: they should be paid less.
1: <laughs> and when she's taken away from the trees and the wind, she doesn't know what she's doing
0: anymore. Also, and Gemma I, needs to... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I suddenly... Nah, never mind. That doesn't mean anything. Right. Keep, keep going. Gemma needs to help Tom shower because mm-hmm. he is getting old. Yes. And dying because his child grew up and there is no subtlety. Uh. Gemma spends her day following the Boyman as Mm -hmm. he goes off to do whatever frog people do. Right. At this point, I wrote in the notes, 20 more minutes, 20 more minutes. In the hole, (laughs) Jesse Eisenberg finds a mystery bag. What's in it? A corpse. Ew. How many bags have you found that have corpses in them? Uh, Very few. Very few since we moved here. Well, now I feel like my answer would be awful. (laughs) Tom climbs out of the hole. Gemma and Tom try to get back inside the house. They find the door is locked with the Boyman inside. Yes. Boyman does not care that Tom is dying. Why the fuck would he? Why would he? I feel like the movie wants us to feel like this is a betrayal. Yeah, where it's like, oh, the boyman doesn't care. He's an alien frog person. Why would he? He's a parasitic. I generally he's I a
1: parasite. G- genuinely, do not understand what the movie wants me to feel at this point. But yeah, to no, follow here's... the analogy, this is where the the what's the type of bird from the beginning? Cuckoo. The cuckoo has thrown the actual denizens of the nest out. And take Oh, over. good
0: point. Yeah. But it's not a one-to-one comparison because they're no. not children.
1: It's this is what we it's call a sloppy metaphor. A sloppy metaphor. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Look it up in your textbooks, kids. This is what we call a sloppy metaphor. Look for it in your textbooks under
0: Zootopia. Somehow, and this is a problem I had by day ninety-eight, where Tom <laughs> Tom somehow has still has a bit of a cigarette left. Like right. if you're a smoker, like even if you're like yeah. Okay, I realize no. I can't get out and get more cigarettes. I need to make this last. Yeah. By day 98, you're not down to the filter. That filter has been eaten for the precious nicotine it contains.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. like he, he, he makes those cigarettes last. And even as a non-smoker, I was like, I don't buy it for a second. Not a second. Not a second. And uh, that could have been a great We're, intensifier um, of tension.
0: We're exactly. Just He's like, so frustrated. We already I mean,
1: mentioned The Shining. He's dealing with his alcoholism. Why not have Jesse Eisenberg be like, oh my god, I'm out of nicotine. I don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah, exactly. handle, handle like, the stress. Again,
0: it's part of the domestic drama. Sure. Uh, Gemma and Tom chat a bit, and Tom dies, but not before some mediocre Jesse Eisenberg acting. The medi- Sorry, it's okay. I know you disagree.
1: It's fine. I thought he did a fine job, but it, I wouldn't give him an Oscar or anything. No, but he's he was he's, he's talking about. Remember,
0: right before we came here, with the wind? the wind. I love the wind. And I, I wrote, didn't realize how great the wind was. I wrote
1: down. Tell me about the
0: wind. I George. love that Patrick Swayze song. She's like the wind. Tell me about the rabbits, Gemma. <laughs> Boyman returns with a body bag, just like Mm -hmm. the one Tom found in the bottom of the hole. Yeah. Which is where Boyman tosses Tom after he bags him up. Maybe if Tom wasn't an asshole and played by Jesse Eisenberg, I might feel more right. of Gemma's pain because she's like fucking. She's doing a Tony Collette and fucking she's li- Hereditary.
1: Literally, and it's it's so sad because she's yeah. She's, she's giving the, her fucking. She's giving all, her fucking all. But and I don't movie, give a shit. I don't give a shit. The movie doesn't give a shit. When Tony no. Collette does that in Hereditary, it's... I don't even like Hereditary. But in Hereditary, when Tony Collette does that, the camera is on her. And that's preceded by a legitimately disturbing and upsetting happening. Sure, sure it is. And then you have, he's dragging Jesse Eisenberg's bag, throwing it in the hole, and the camera is impassively third party.
0: It's its far away from the action. It's very impersonal, yeah, you're yeah, right. she's crawling and
1: going... <laughs> because they
0: need to capture him and her. Right. But again, this is... But there is, are other ways you could do ways. that.
1: You could shoot it from her perspective. She's literally crawling on all fours. Have... A shot of, of him of her like head on like heading towards like, the camera, reaching like... towards him, and then a reverse shot of him moving away from her with the body. Because uh,
0: this adult boy, the boyman, does yeah. very what well. he has a nice physical bit where he very sure. flippantly puts the body in the hole. Yeah, uh, I yeah. don't
1: blame this movie on the actors. No, actually, absolutely... doing... I'll just read this bit. I I wrote down in my notes. Oh, that's what they meant by released. They meant death. What a twist. Because that was my attitude at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I said, I don't care. There mm-hmm. is a great bit where the boyman mocks Emma sobbing. Yes, that was nice and brutal. And yes, like again, if, 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 if it had been shot better, if it had been constructed better, if the movie that would have been a devastating moment. The especially, th- especially if they had like really tried to raise him. Right, and then at that moment he was like, "Fuck you, yeah, fuck your pain. Exactly, you're just a fucking." A parasitic host for me.
1: Right. And at this point in the movie, it feels like it comes out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. It feels like a moment from a different movie. Well, all
0: through that bit, like, his adult bit, like, he's been openly antagonistic towards him. Like sure. But, like, if they had really tried... But it doesn't come, feel like
1: it comes from the other two-thirds of the movie, is what are no. saying.
0: Again, here's where we enter the fourth Twilight Zone mm-hmm. episode, where technically it's the culmination of all the other three, And suddenly but, it's little girl lost. Yes. Uh, actual Twilight, uh, actual Twilight Zone episode, but thankfully the movie has one more little trick up its sleeve, and this is pretty neat. Uh, yeah, this is uh, pretty neat. Uh, there's ten minutes left. Gemma attacks the boyman with the pick. God, yes. you're so bad at that. <laughs> Gemma attacks the boyman with the pick. Mm-hmm. He at a great effect. He lifts he lifts up the curb, and yes. he scuttles underneath. Jim follows. Uh, we see a twisty, angular space like the Nine Home, but like this
1: this movie remind this this part of the movie remind me a lot of a doc a classic Doctor Who episode called Castrovalva. Okay, which is a very similar idea where uh, the doc there's a location called Castrovalva. The castrated doctor, vulva, right? Exactly. Uh, the Doctor and his companions enter in, but then are unable to find the exit. No matter where they go, it always leads back to another part mm. of this circular location. In the end the device that is maintaining the location starts to break down and they have to make their way out. But, uh, using the best special effects they had at the time, which are not very good, but they get the idea across much like in the sequence, everything was uniform and now everything has suddenly become very disjointed and MC Escher and all over the place. Uh, which leads me to believe that much like in Castor Valva, uh, British character actor Anthony Ainley is responsible for this entire thing. He faked his death, and he and his massive chin have come back
0: to wreak havoc. Well, I believe Mr. Ainley can do whatever he wants. (laughs) I do as well. Gemma falls through a door. She's in another home. There's a red Mm -hmm. filter. Another boy. A woman sits at a table sobbing. Yes. Gemma sinks through the floor and comes into a green filter room. Now, before that the woman who's sobbing acknowledges Gemma's presence, yes. they
1: see each other, and again, wouldn't it have been cool if earlier in the film there were these shadow demons that kept wandering around
0: mm. and
1: then sinking through the floor, and they were like we only see them every couple of years, what's going on, and then you find out it's when people like almost
0: escape or, this happens at the hour mark, right? and now she meets another woman, and she's like Yes. If we're trapped in this nightmare. What do we do?
1: And we change up the goddamn formula yes. a little bit.
0: Yeah, exactly. Again,
1: that's something that they would have done in the
0: prisoner, not Yeah. Here. Yeah. And in the green filter room, we get our last disturbing image, which is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. A couple is having sex while their creepy boy stands in the doorway and claps and applauds them, which is It's so fucked up. That's it's gr- so that's fucking great. Goddamn
1: nutty. Now, here is uh i'm i I feel like a broken fucking record, uh, but so's the movie. Another missed opportunity here. The next scene that we see is a man who's slit his wrists in a bathtub yes. to get out of the trap to, to he's killed himself to get out of the trap. I'm like, I like that. I like that we see another way this could have gone, yes, but there's a movie that you brought over for us to watch one day back when we first started watching movies together, very low budget, entirely improvised. What's the movie called? Coherence? Coherence. And there's the... For me, the best moment of that movie, that also involves a lot of repetition. Yes. And at the very end of the movie, a character goes through and sees uh, a large, an insane amount of alternatives that could yes. happen. She just sees alternative after alternative after alternative. And to me, that was the strongest moment of the movie and it really like where the concept really got to me Gotcha, and I felt like they could have done something like that here where you could have seen like a bunch of couples and all the different yeah. varieties of situations and at least one where you find out what happens if you actually kill the kid because I can't believe that there are so many couples going through the same thing and nobody tried nobody ever tried they're like, oh, we'll, we'll kill ourselves, but nobody tries to kill
0: the kid. You could do this at the 45-minute mark. Yeah. Like, you could, you could do this earlier. Like, you could have all their searching and trying to get out, condense the raising the kid shit, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of repetition, a lot of dumb shit that doesn't even out with the flip-flopping mm-hmm. of the character. Some unneeded. And then have half the movie be exploring these other sure. simulations, these other traps. Sure. Again, but again, this is so unfair. Because right. we did not have to come right. up with the concept. Yeah, it's uh, it's we're, cliche. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but it's easy to look at something and be like, "Oh yeah, you should have done this, this, and this." The armchair quarterback, the backseat driver. That's that's all we're yeah. doing is we're we're being dicks. But we're I, not I, being I'm, dicks. I'm, I'm being we're, a dick. we're not being dicks. We're just we have to remember that. Yeah. There and again, it takes a lot of people and a lot of work to make a movie. And again, there's a lot of good stuff in this movie. Sure, there's a lot of great imagery, a lot of un, mm-hmm. a lot of creepy, unsettling things. Sure, it just gets bogged down in the construction. Sure, sure, and uh, it happens. Like I, I'm happy with the movie that I got. Okay, I uh, it's I I'm not, but that's fine. It's not worth more than one watch, but. No. Yeah. Uh, as you said, uh, Gemma gets dragged under a bed, emerges into a blue filter room. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a man in the tub who has slit his wrists, like Stanley Uris in It. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, she winds up back home, where she dies. She gets bagged and tossed in the hole. But before she does, <clears throat> oh yeah, there
1: is a brief exchange which wraps up the whole movie, where she's. She says she's like asking, "What was it all for? What was the purpose of my life?" He says, "You are mother. Mother must raise the child. And mother then prepares die.
0: their sons for the world. Yes. And then what happens? They die. And I'm like, Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> no. It's and it's then... it's like this movie is fucking Martin Luther." <laughs> Just banging on a church door like, here's my Jesus 95 Christ. thesis oh, about suburbia God. and parenthood.
1: Oh, my God. What um, a what a fresh take. What a good fresh take
0: you have. And then, of course, I, her, too, like Monty Python. Her her classic line gets one last time where she's getting bagged up and she says, lah, 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 lah. And he, un- <laughs> he unzips her and she says, What did you say? He's like, I'm not your fucking mother. <laughs> Like okay, that's a uh, no. What clean. he
1: what he does is he he imitates her from earlier in the movie. He says whatever. Oh yeah, he imitates her one last time. And this is again. Now I'm not pitching a good movie. I'm just pitching a satisfying movie, where at some point during the film you introduce some form of explosive. <laughs> and as he's zipping her up he's like what unzips is like I'm not your fucking mother turns out, her finger's on the button her finger's on the button
0: <laughs> oh shit the bomb's still alive oh
1: no click boom and he's like oh no instead of
0: like some weird cl- tree climbing groundskeeper <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg's a demo expert <laughs>
1: he's Hugh Grant from Blair of the White Worm <laughs> he just has Dynamite. <laughs> Oh my god!
0: So she gets tossed in the hole, right? Uh, Boyman leaves the development, goes back to the realty office. One cool bit
1: of subtle bit of special effects. After he buries them in the hole, the grass immediately just uh, comes back, regenerates. Over. Yes, that which was is great. a great, great sort of like astroturf thing is wonderful.
0: Attention to detail like that, yeah, only adds to the frustration. Yeah, because you can tell that. Uh, so here's, uh, here's what I'm beginning to wonder. Lorcan Finnegan... Lorcan Finnegan. ...has yeah. a good ideas and right. good sense of vision. He just... I don't know if he wrote this. I didn't note that down because I stopped giving a shit. Right, right. Here's what I wonder. I wonder if this was like a screenplay that
1: got... Uh, they were able to sell it to a studio because of Jesse Eisenberg and, and to a lesser to extent Imogen Poot's uh, connections... But the studio was like, "This is good. I like this. Let's fuck everything up." And like, there maybe there was maybe it's like Passengers, where there was like a there was an interesting script and an interesting idea at one point, and then it just got like sort of fucked with forever. It's, it's very possible because that happens in Hollywood every day, all the I just, time. I just found out about the first draft of the movie yesterday, which is a movie I thought would have absolutely no point and no potential to it whatsoever. Yeah, and it turns out the original script was actually. Awesome.
0: I'll have to look into it. So I I feel like this movie was sold on the concept of like it's all one set. Probably. I feel like that was a big selling point. Probably. And then they went from there. Yeah. I, I think pro- you you you're very likely. Because we correct. talk about that sometimes too. It's like yeah. if we were to do something, what could we do easily? Right. We don't have and money. And Lorcan in has his we like it's in the industry.
1: We have more money than what would, but we don't have yeah. money
0: boyman leaves development goes back to the realty office and then i want you to guess what he does next <laughs> martin looks pretty old oh poor martin poor martin martin boyman takes his name tag pulls out a body bag bags him literally tags him yes i love that detail that there is some sort of receipt yeah that these al- like these aliens have a bureaucracy they have yeah. like that's a great thing that should have been explored more. That's great. Vogans,
1: uh, they're they're all Vogans.
0: He uh then rolls up uh, the last good detail in the movie. He rolls up the bag like a sleeping bag like and the audio, the the sound design continues to carry the movie as we hear crack. Yep. <laughs> and then he stuffs him in a file drawer. Uh-huh. And again, the sound design great. Mm-hmm. You hear him slowly rolling down a chute. Yes. Um <laughs> That two was more, pretty great. Two more victims come into the office as mm-hmm. the boyman sits like a creep. Yeah.
1: And that is Vivarium. And, again, the last scene doesn't work for me because I... The minute the kids started imitating them like Martin did, I was like, okay, so he's going to be the new Martin at the end of the movie. Yeah. And then at the end, aside from the kind of clever bits with, like, the crack in and the, and the shoot, which was funny. Yeah. But, like, aside from that, those little bits... uh. All I'm sitting there is waiting for the thing I already knew was going to happen to happen. And Which then it is... happens, and then the credits start rolling,
0: and I was like, well, I'm glad that's over. Click. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's pretty obvious, but I don't know why. Mm-hmm. There was nothing in the movie. I don't feel like there was anything in the movie to key me into this. But at the end, I was almost expecting for Gemma and Tom to walk into the office again. Yes. Okay.
1: I I was expecting that until uh, we saw other people in the other colored houses when she went into the thing. Gotcha. Because at that point, it, cause this is the thing. Like If either do a dream or do a sci-fi reality, you can't do both at the same time without a much better balancing act. Sometimes Neil Gaiman can do it, but like, but like, if it had been a dream where we cut out, much like Eraserhead, like we said, also, by the way, Eraserhead, he killed the baby. Uh, (laughs) spoilers for Eraserhead. Uh, but he, he was smart enough to kill the baby. But you have, uh, like Eraserhead does not, the, the main character of Eraserhead does not enter the narrative like a normal person, we don't see his job. We don't see him interacting with coworkers or no. having a nine to five. We see when he, the minute he's there, he's already part of the world we're about to encounter. Like his his mind operates on the same, maybe not the same, but a similar dream logic as everyone else in that universe. Yes, and uh, when you see uh, something like, again, I'll, I'll go back to the, the the nail I've been hammering this whole thing: Village of the Damned when the people enter the story, you realize that they are people with similar life experiences to you. And therefore, it's it's uh, fair enough that you can enter into the universe imagining that this crazy shit is just as crazy as it looks. Yeah. Uh, this movie refuses to choose a lane. And uh, again, another example of a show that doesn't choose a lane, but does it better, I would argue, is also Twin Peaks. Yes. Twin Peaks also runs that line, but Twin Peaks... Chooses when it's going to be one or the other. Yeah. Uh, and uh, is also fucking entertaining as fuck. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. I'm, I'm running out of steam with this movie. No, we're,
0: we're, <laughs> we're done. Yeah. We don't need more steam. Sure. We've made it to the end. we made it to the end. Do you want to do another round of house selling, or do you still have nothing?
1: Uh, let's try it. You go okay. first. Let's
0: see if I can come up with something. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. This house. This house. It's sort of avant-garde. Okay. It's sort of different. Sure. It changes the paradigm of houses. Okay. What you think of of as a house, mm-hmm. you're not gonna get that with this. Okay. So shelter? But it is a house. <laughs> okay. Conceptually.
1: Okay. I'm getting a not pizza from SNL vibe here.
0: I feel like you're already judging it. <laughs> so that makes this difficult. Sure,
1: fair enough, fair enough. I should keep a more open mind. Yes, should keep a more open mind. It's a
0: lake of blood that screams. <laughs> no. no rooms per se, but technically no. everything's a bathroom. Right. Just not a shower. <laughs> Technically,
1: technically, anything could be a bathroom, if you believe in yourself enough. True, true.
0: So it sounds like you're in the mindset to buy this lake of blood to well, live in. <laughs> What's the asking price? It's not really money. Oh, okay. It's not really money. Okay. You have to surrender a significant part of your morality... <laughs> And then you can live on, like, a houseboat on it. Right, okay. okay. Have you ever been on a houseboat? Uh, no, I haven't. I think I have. Okay. Although it might be a false memory. Sure. Maybe I was abducted by aliens, I and mean... instead they were like, let's give you a pleasant memory of being on a houseboat. <laughs> Although, from my memory, houseboats aren't great. Sure.
1: It was these are the aliens you were talking about earlier in your pitch. Exactly. They're fake their fake reality they build for you is just yeah. janky as shit. Just a not great houseboat. <laughs> it's, it's like Crowded. Ted, it's like uh, Ted Jansen in The good place. It's just good enough that you don't want to complain about it, but like it's not that great. Exactly. There are clown pictures all over
0: the place. So um So what are you thinking? Surrender party, part of your morality to get this lake of blood that you could live on in a houseboat? Uh is the houseboat included? No. <laughs> I, I think I'm still leaning towards the Yeti house. Okay. Uh, because it is, The Yeti house is very popular. I have a lot of askers. I
1: admit that I am a little bit um, close minded when it comes to my conception of a house. But I will say that I, I've, like you, I've been exploring the space. I've been exploring the space of what could be considered a domicile. And uh, so, my op- offer to you, uh, I I, I want to start off with the asking price because it's a little unusual. Okay. The asking price is what you got, like just what what you got, what whatever you have on your person. If you have like a Venmo account, like whatever you have in your bank account, just anything and everything you got. Okay. Uh, is what this costs, and. Uh, it's it's like you said it's, it's it's sort of expanding the definition of the house. Are you stalling? And you you give me the money, okay. And I go and get it, okay. And because I, I and I sh- I and uh,
0: maybe I'll show it to you, okay. Right. This sounds like a great deal. <laughs> I'm a big fan of J.J. Abrams. <laughs> I love a mystery box. <laughs> I'll invest everything into it. Sure, sure. Um, but at the same time, yes. this feels like a scam. Well, I'm I'm not sure what made you think that. The lack of product, <laughs> the uh, unfirm off asking price. Sure, uh, sure, sure. I, <sighs>
1: if you like, if you're not interested in it, I also have a Bowie knife I could
0: stab you with. Mm, I do like Bowie. So there you go. Um, Yeah. I'll tell you this. Okay. How about this? Okay. How about this? Okay. I will trade you Mm -hmm. the lake of blood that screams... Gotcha. ...for your family's ancestral land.
1: (laughs) You know what? I don't think I'm going to get a better deal than that, so done and done. Property
0: Brothers. That's what they call us. We're the official Property Brothers. (laughs) Don't Google it. No one has ever... been called the property brothers before us nope uh so billy <laughs> do you know what you want to talk about next time Ooh,
1: uh i've had like a lot of different ideas dancing through my brain so absolutely not
0: okay well we'll figure it out <laughs> thank you for joining us on 1000 wives of weird mm-hmm. and uh maybe watch vivarium maybe probably not probably not yeah Mm-mm-mm-mm.